Welcome, everybody, to We Have Issues, Geekly Media Show that's about everything literary books, comic books, webcomics, manga, and everything else you might be reading. We're here to talk about them. As always, I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick, who is always at my side, Hose Bay. That's right. I didn't get any comics, but I'm always down to talk comics, at the very least. Yeah, so this is going to be a little bit of a different episode, guys. What we're going to do is I'm going to talk about the comics that I got. Josue, me and Josue are going to kind of banter back and forth about it because he wasn't able to get his books this week. Yeah, um, He did read the Marvel books he normally reads because we do share a digital uh, account, so he was able to read those at least. Yeah, thank you, Marvel, for being the best company for that. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, But we'll get to it, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, so... Before we get to that, I did have a little bit of news, but I want to take a moment to do something that we haven't done in a while, because this this will probably be a shorter episode. Mm. Um, let's talk about manga. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, so we, um, me and Josue read manga, and two of the big ones that we read, well, three of the big ones, are My Hero Academia, of course, My Hero Academia. Um, Vigilantes. Vigilante. I, I was saying authorities in my head for some reason. <laughs> And um, and also Magu-chan, God of Destruction. Oh, so, <laughs> so have you been? Are you caught up on Magu-chan? That's the one I actually went. I've fallen a little bit behind on, but I, I am meaning to get back on it. I'm desperately worried they're trying to wrap this story up and it. <gasps> oh no! There's I, I, I haven't gotten that vibe yet. So holy shit! Yeah, I'm definitely gonna get caught up. There's a big bad, and let's just say none of the humans can help, and Magu-chan has to depend on Nepotaku to help him. Oh. We're fucked. <laughs> We're so fucked. <laughs> Dude. Nefutaku. Okay. Okay. Spoilers for everybody reading this. Sorry, I just got to tell you. Cause oh, it's, yeah. Go for it. It's the, for it. it's the best shit ever. So basically, you know, he's working at the, the restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. And his whole goal is to be the best chef, chef. ever. Like, he wants <laughs> yes. to be the best chef, right? And the big bad guy... um, The big bad guy put all the, the humans to sleep. Oh, and Nepotaku's like running the trying to run the restaurant by himself, oh, but there's also no one there, so there's no customers either, right? And it's still really comedic. And uh, the bad guy drops like this pole on Nepotaku's head, and knocks him down. It's like, aha, you know. And then he's like, he basically says, uh, "I won't be needing you, Nepotaku." He's just like, "You who don't stand, or basically you work for humans. You're a disgrace to gods of chaos." And then he's, he, said, uh, he says, if you're so obsessed with playing House of Lily Humans, then you can play around in that restaurant for all eternity. And then there's this shot. Ooh, frenzied roar. <laughs> oh, he shit. says, what you've said is inexcusable. And there's a cute picture of him and Ren. If you can just see it right there. It's uh, I want to focus. Oh, oh yes. So this is what you said is inexcusable. You've been running your mouth for long enough. Don't you dare mock this restaurant. I was like, oh, my God. And then he does this fucking roar. Sick. Like a sonic boom. Yeah. And then he does this, like, this one. Oh, he's just, my he's God. Just, yeah, he's basically the hero here. He helps take him down, and then him and Magutan work together to stop the guy, and it leaves off on kind of a cliffhanger, so. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's so good, dude. <laughs> yes. So. Th- again, like, for the, for the listeners, this book started as, like, a jokey book. It was, like, oh, the yeah. most lighthearted, campy shit that it would get you to laugh out a lot at, at, at bits. Did not think it was going to go down like this. Like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> it's so good. So, so check that one out. Um, 
I've also been reading the Hunter's Guild Red Hood, uh, which is only three chapters in. You should check it out. Okay, it's pretty dope. It's just about it's like Red Riding Hood, but she yeah, fights monsters, here. and in this one, she's killing a werewolf, and you kind of get the idea she has experience with werewolves because she's Red Riding Hood. Yeah, and it's really like like gross isn't the word. But the the design of the werewolves and stuff is some stuff that I think you would really like. Some body horror shit. No, I'm, I'm throwing it on right now. Like I, I, re- I really like the design of the hunter, like the the tall chick, not really like the main one right now. Yeah, um, but they look really cool. Yeah, and so like, and all the werewolves look distinct. Like there's a really big fat one, but like there's this here. I'm gonna see if I can capture it because like this right here, that's one of the werewolves. Oh, sick. Okay, actually taking more of a serious approach with the monsters. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's very violence based and it's just oh so good. Um I've also been reading Mashal, thanks to our friend Jesse. <laughs> Fucking Jesse. <laughs> I can't believe he got me addicted to this. Basically it's Harry Potter. Oh. But not written by a turf. <laughs> and so um the story is basically in this world, people are born with magic. And the government's like, if you're not born with magic, we're just gonna kill you because you're a waste to the gene pool, basically. Yeah. So this kid is born without magic, and this his grandpa takes him away and trains him to be strong, very very strong, like manga strong. Okay, and and uh, like Rock Lee, and so he's just like <laughs> he's stupid strong, and some magicians come to try to kill him, and then like so this dude is just like glowing with power, and he throws at him, and this dude right here says. That's the spell he used to drive off the dragon back in his Bureau of Magic days. I can't believe I'm seeing it with my own eyes. Let me get this. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's face. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does it again. And then he just bats it the other way. Oh, it's fuck. so fucking funny. <laughs> so basically he gets sent to a magical school. I'm putting quotes up, fans. And um, he basically is supposed to like integrate there and be undercover as part of the, the whole story. It's, mm. it's complicated to explain why. But he has to pretend he has magic. So he does shit like when he has a broom he needs to fly, he throws it as hard as he can and jumps on. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's hilarious. Like, I really like it. So but let's get to the main event. Um, My Hero Academia Vigilantes. Ooh. Uh, we'll start with Vigilantes. Yeah. It's so good. And remember how, like, months ago we're like, man, this has got to be wrapping up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And it's like, no, then we think God is still going. <clears throat> yeah. I, I really like it. I like that we're obviously going to get another appearance by Knuckle Duster. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is really cool. And just just how much that character has really grown. It's just so cool. All the characters. All the, the characters. whole neighborhood. I mean, I fucking, like, the whole neighborhood for sure. Like, Ko- Koga oh, was fucking awesome. was literally a piece of shit rapey dude from the beginning. And now it's kind of like when he shows up and it's like, oh, fuck, this is actually going to help because he has literally turned around. And Koichi, like, fuck, just like. Yeah. He's not just a bumbling fool anymore. I mean, kinda, but he, but he's actually focused. Like I, I fucking love yeah. like when he was just like when he bowed like in the last chapter, not necessarily this one, but they they both, they both go hand in hand. They're basically the same scene. But when he bows down to like the the fucking the villain, and he's like almost like, oh shit, is he, is he really giving up here? And just like sideswipes around him to just sweep the leg and makes him be in midair for a second because that's what he needed. And then, of course, fucking yeah. Pop had to come come in his head, and to, like he had to hold back, and it's like, oh man, no, it's it's getting really fucking so good. good. Yeah, but uh, I'm assuming you read My Hero this week. Oh yeah, that was one of my favorite moments in My Hero history, dude. Yes, absolutely. Like 
like just the the moment when um so for those not reading spoilers um this is massive spoilers for the anime if you're reading or watching the anime instead yeah the moment last issue where bakugo saved him after we we've been talking like i just want the whole class there we like the class you know and then he saved <laughs> just, him and then we then we see this armor piercing shot this <laughs> fucking shot though this way with the oh, whole class in the background yes knocked me on my ass also Uravity's new costume is pretty fucking dope so <laughs> yeah dude i just really dug this it was so cool and bakugo being the one that's like none of you understand deku like i do i'm like holy shit am i shipping this <laughs> dude oh my god when he was just like you're being a fucking idiot if you're just like letting those two out and about doing their own thing they're just gonna get themselves killed like the bakugo the one that's all about like mr explosion dr god dynamite murder and he's actually thinking about them, thinking out for them, wanting to be out there looking out for them yeah. because he can. And we came back to the anime. We just saw the the class versus class episode and how badass Bakugo was. We're like, yo, I'll take charge, but get me. And then but at the same time, I'll get you. That's fucking him. Like he's a fucking <laughs> pro ass hero attitude of standing. But still, he's a pro ass hero right there. Yeah, I just love it because he. He literally is like, you guys know Bakugo, or you guys know Deku has no survival skills whatsoever, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he's just going to die. He's going to work until he dies. That's all he's going to do. So. And like, the way Deku has been looking, though, like that raggedy, oh, that like costume's that creepy. beat up. Or oh, the way it looks now, it, like, yeah, it's creepy, but it's so sick. Like, he's just taking everything so serious. Like, I, honestly, because I've been liking it because I've been waiting for him to just hold on to the hood because every time he shows up in, in in the in the gear he just throws a hood bag and it's like all right well uh secret identity is out the window there but right there he's just like rocking it and he looks so menacing it looks cool as fuck it's so dope too so so yeah uh just a quick uh follow-up on the manga so uh now the last or the only big news i really really wanted to go over that isn't involved in our reads is something that we're so excited about mm. um I think this was today we got I announced. I think so, yeah. Uh, we're getting a spinoff of Something is Killing the Children called The House of Slaughter. Yes! <laughs> and not only are we getting that, James Tinian and Werther Deladere are coming back for it, but we're also adding a co-writer, Tate Bromble, who does Barbarian. Okay, oh, and, nice. And the man who just is straight off breaking our hearts in the autumnal with some of the best art I've seen all year. Yep. Christian. Dude, Yes. If he gets his hands on this series, I it might be better than Werther. Ooh, I mean it might. I because I, I love Christian's art. You know? Oh, absolutely! Like him, him and nature, and the fact that it's, it's always usually like in the wilderness or just monsters being out and about, not necessarily like in an inside setting. Dude, if we can just like get like that cut too, like Sheehan's art being like even more menacing, like like around the around the monsters. Yes. Oh, yeah. Also, we're getting a variant cover for number one from Jenny Frizen, by the way. Yes, and I need that so, one to go with my number one, uh, Something's Killing Children, Jenny Frizen. Exactly. So. so that's all the news we're going to go over, guys. Not too much this week. So we're going to talk about our comics, and I'm going to be taking the lead and talking to Josue. You're going to notice a couple of books I'm not going to get too much into detail for because these are books very important to Josue, and <laughs> I would hate myself if I spoiled them for him. Now, <laughs> re- we'll, really, we'll the, o- the only one I'm, kinda, I'm just like looking at, I'm just like... Uh, mind the spoilers is seven secrets like i I, out of your other batch it's a die and there was another silver coin zion silver coin i guess it's like for like the big big stuff that you feel like like oh maybe you should enjoy this maybe save those but honestly if you need to just like go all out like do it it's just seven secrets i'm like obviously because it's seven fucking secrets (laughs) yeah so which uh by the way 
we are going to start with Seven Secrets, which means we're not starting with a bang. We're starting with a boom. <laughs> nice. And boom, Studios, Seven Secrets, starting right off the bat. Number 10, I got this cover. So Keep cool. calm and carry a big scepter. <laughs> so this makes sense as we get into it. Uh, written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Danielle DeNucciolo. I say this wrong every time. DeNucciolo? Nicculo. Thank you. Uh, colored by Walter Barriamonte and letter by Ed Dukeshire. <clears throat> So the reason we're not going to talk about spoilers is because we got a massive reveal at the end of the last issue. Oh yeah, and hopefully yeah, we did. <laughs> can't know what happens because yeah. Oh. Long, but I won't tell you about that. But I will say they enact the next part of the plan. <laughs> okay. And they basically break into teams. Is Ooh. what I'll say. Can you, break down, also, can you break down the teams? Or at least what's uh, the okay? There's a lot of people still. Yeah, Remember, okay. all the keepers are still true. Here. True. Um. I will tell you that the main main character's team is him and his mom and um oh god what's his name the silent bird dude no no uh <laughs> I don't know. the the dumb one <laughs> um oh his friend the the bully the uh, Titus Titus oh okay yeah so it's literally just the three of them Ooh, okay I think so they don't trust Titus with anything <laughs> but he's great um but they all get split. Actually, here I'll just I'll just flash you this because it's not a spoiler panel. You can kind of see they're split up into four teams. Okay, cool. I see so, him. Okay, Kanto and um, the one you really like, um, uh, Laqueda. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Together. So basically, they each got a mission, and Kanto's mission because Kanto was the keeper of or was the protector of the first secret. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Her mission's to get the first secret back because it's not gone. Yeah. It's just where Switzerland used to be. That's true. Fuck. So okay. <laughs> that's that's the key. So I'm not going to spoil much more of that for you. It's fantastic. I will okay. say you probably don't recognize this character in the middle. Mm-hmm. She appears for the first time in this book. Oh, okay. That's the Queen of England. <laughs> oh, no shit. She becomes a character. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Excellently done. Yeah. Moving on. I almost don't want to spoil this one for you either, but I'm do I'm going to do a little bit. Eve okay. number three. Oh yeah, please. It's uh, only just starting so, out. Written by Victor Laval, illustrated by Joe Myung Mi Gyeong, and colored by Brittany Pierre with Anne World doing the lettering. So when we last left off, Eve was being attacked by the zombie things, mm-hmm. and she got saved by somebody. Like a, a looks like an older person, maybe a kid, you know, older than her or something. Mm-hmm. Turns out, yes, it was a kid older than her, and he takes her back to a little colony full of children basically. And all of them are younger than him. And the whole thing is like, you need to leave. Like you can rest here, but you can't stay. And there's like this whole ominous thing about it. And then the leader, the older dude is like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to take you to a train and this train will take you where you need to go. And he gives her a credit card, which still works Hmm. to operate the train because you have to buy a ticket to operate these the trains. metro cards yeah <laughs> yeah so um so yeah well, i'm just gonna tell you i don't care do it do it um so so he basically is taking her to the train and he basically says i can't go back after this she's like what do you mean he's like being out here you breathe this in you turn into these people <sighs> these monsters he's like basically by saving her he sacrificed himself and he told the kids if he tries to come back to kill him. Mm. So it's like, oh fuck, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's like that's dark. So then we catch up with Crazy Robot Teddy Bear. Oh yeah. 
And then it gets darker, Josue. Fuck. Because the crazy robot teddy bear is following her path and finds the kids. Uh, uh-huh. And they're like, what's that? It's a bear. Like a real bear? Like a teddy bear. Really? Yeah. But he doesn't look cuddly. <sighs> and then there's just ominous silence, and then he comes out covered in blood. Mother fuck. Yeah. Oh, no. And then... And it's just like he keeps trying to catch up to her, keeps trying to catch up to her. And eventually he does catch up to her. He's like, wait for me at the train station on the other end. It's in Chicago. And they meet up. He's like, hey. And they hug each other. And someone snipes the teddy bear in the head. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not even the biggest reveal. She's like, what the hell? Are you going to kill me too? And they're like, I'm not here to kill you, Eve. I'm here to save you. Because I am you. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, All my the God. issues for you to miss, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I mean, oh, man, that's fucked up. Oh, my God. No, that's, that's super cool. Because, like, we are, like, I, I, the, the thing we didn't want to spoil last time was that we knew that time was against her being like, yeah, the air here is poison. Like, yeah. her knowing that she just, she can't fuck this up. And then, yeah, like, and, like, the kid doubling down on it that you can't go back. Oh, my God, this world is insane. I fucking love this issue. I didn't even read it. <laughs> and there's also a cutaway up to the space station too. Okay. All up on that stuff too. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, uh, that's the two boom books I got this week. Next up, we're going to talk about a dark horse comics. Now dark horse. I have a couple books. Um, the first one is Norse mythology. Number two. Ooh, nice. So, um, well, volume two, number two, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> story and words by Neil Gaiman, but scripted by P Craig Russell letter by Galen showman. And the art is by Matt Horak with colors by Laverne Kinzerski. So this is the follow-up of the Meet of Poets story. Um, it started in the last issue and it's wrapping up in this one. And basically, as a quick reminder, uh, there was a god that was created by the other gods. And he was like the wisest one and all this stuff. Well, he got killed by some giants and they turned his blood into mead. And if you drink the mead, you become a poet. Basically, you speak eloquently. It's, it's basically okay. the inspiration of everything, yeah. right? And so the gods kind of figure something happened, but they're not sure what. And Odin is basically going to get him, and he finds out that this giant has it. <clears throat> he transforms himself to look like a sexy giant man. And nice. the guard is a giant's daughter. And he's basically like, you're the most beautiful woman ever. And she's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and he's Stop. like, no, seriously, you are. <laughs> and it's, it's again, it kind of does the mythological thing where there's usually three steps in mythology. Everything mm-hmm. is three steps. It's like, you know, do this. No. Okay. Do this. No. Okay. And then there's always the rule of three. You accept in the third one. Yeah. Basically has to bang her twice. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically what it sums <laughs> down to. And then he's, he's like, if only I could have just a sip of that mead, the tiniest of sips, so I can tell you of how beautiful you are. And she's like, okay, maybe one sip. <laughs> they go in, and then he fucking drinks the whole fucking thing. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and then he turns into a bird and flies away. Well, the giant, not the one he banged, but the, the actual uh, father, mm-hmm. he um, he turns into a bird and flies after Odin. Odin flies back, gets, gets back to Asgard, spits up all the meat into the barrels they had ready for him, and now they have the meat of poetry back. Mm. Which is cool. But then, it says, um, and that is the story of the meat of poetry and how it was given to the world, but it is not the whole story. The delicate among you should read no further. It's like, here's the last thing, and a shameful admission it is. When the Allfather in Ingo form had almost reached the vats, 
He blew a splattery wet fart of foul-smelling mead right into the giant's face. (laughs) (laughs) And says, no one then or now wanted to drink the mead that came out of Odin's ass. And remember how this all started with Neil Gaiman as a character doing poetry? Yeah. And it's literally like him back up there. And it's literally like, that's what happens when you bomb doing poetry. (laughs) I'm like, it's so good. (laughs) I love this book. That's good. So yeah, really good stuff. Uh, Next one is Rangers of the Divide number three. Mm, Okay. Uh, Entirely created by Megan Huang. Uh, So she did the art, the writing, everything. Um, I still love how this one is. It's very much like a... Like almost like Avatar esque in the way it's colored. Oh yeah, and like it's very action based. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this young group of soldiers, basically learning to be good at the job, and they're they're hard ass instructor who's not telling them the whole truth, basically. And it's just really cool. Like I'm I'm really enjoying it. And there's a lot of little hints as to what might be happening in the future. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about this one because it is the third issue, so it's kind of like right in the middle of their journey. One thing I really like is this book goes right up to the last page. There's no ads. Like, well, that's good. It, and that's happened in every comic, so it's really cool. Very image-like. I like it. Yeah. But they do... They have, like, four, five or six, like, trainees in this. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to actually learn who they are, which is a really good sign, because... Yeah. You know, th- you can kind of bleed together, especially if you don't kill a bunch off like some people do. So, it's kind of cool to get to know everybody. And... After that, we are kicking over to Black Mask. Now, this is not a new issue, uh, but me and Hosea can talk about it because he read it when he came out. Oh, yes. And that's Destiny New York number four, (laughs) written by Pat Chan, illustrated by Manuel Paitano, lettered by Jim Campbell. So this was the conclusion of the first arc. And uh, it is a little bit different than it was in in the graphic novel, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit, little bitty things. Nothing, nothing big. Mm-hmm. Thing. I'm curious, like, as to how or why. Yeah, I think it's just the time. So, hmm. but yeah, it kind of wraps up the first story. It kind of shows the connection between our two main characters and exactly how far they'll go for each other, even though they barely know each other. True. <laughs> um, and Logan and Lilith, and it kind of goes into all the other characters. And as you get into Destiny York, because I've read one through three volumes. Mm-hmm. Um all these characters become important and have their own stories. Yeah. I really said like where we kind of like left off, or at least like in that issue, like everybody present, like at least in that issue is like, are the ones that feel important from here moving on. It's yeah. definitely, the, there's, the, a cu- there's a couple more that'll be added to. Oh, that's cool. But at the very least, like so, this felt like the actual main cast, like moving forward, which, which yeah. was cool. Cause I, I do like all the characters. Uh, this chick right here, one of, uh, one of Lilith's sister's goons. Okay. She becomes one of the main characters and one of my favorite characters. Oh, no shit. Oh, cool. She's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, it's just really cool. And um, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> did you read the preview for the next one? I think so. I mean, I, I do kind of like tend to skim over, peek over into the letters. I just loved this scene because basically um, Logan's parents are coming to visit. Oh, yes. And, and she just like with the fucking ripping a bong fresh out the shower. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty hot, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, I love this book. It's one of my favorites. Um, so I'm really, uh, really excited that it's being printed in issues. Also, the Kickstarter ended today for volume five, which mm-hmm. I did kickstart. Nice. And um, 
I actually kickstarted volumes one through five because it was basically the same price to do that versus get four and five. Oh, and I, I was see. like, I was like, screw it. I'll just get them all. And then I have, so I have spare one through three, which I'm giving to uh, my friend, our friend Alex. Nice. Uh, because I think she will fucking love this series. Oh, dope. So. Yeah. 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 So I just got to reach out to her. So yeah, I love it. Uh, I know it didn't come out this week, but I had to give it a quick shout out. So mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with By the Horns 3 from Scout. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I was able to get a copy from their website, which was great. Nice. So, moving on. IDW. We don't get a lot of IDW books, but when we do, it's usually Canto. Fuck yes. <laughs> so, Canto 3, Lionhearted, number <sighs> one. Stories by David Boer, arts by Drew Zucker, colors by Vittorio Astone, and letter by Anne World. So the good news is there's not a bunch of big revelations in this one. Mm-hmm. So you didn't miss out on a lot. Okay. Um, obviously, you'll want to read it later, but you are not. You don't have to dodge the Canto tag on Twitter or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of setting up what's going on. And um, we get we get appearances by the Hermit and the Fury. And the Fury is basically hunting the Hermit. And um, the elf chick comes back. Oh, cool. Uh, and Kanto and his army are like planning what's, what they're going to do. And Kanto comes up with the idea, we need, to, we need to actually ally ourselves with the slavers. What? Oh, he's man. Like, he's like, they're just as big of victims as we are, basically. Yeah. It's just their imprisonment was to imprison us, basically. I guess you're right. Yeah. Holy and, shit. and he also, you know, he also finds out that the hooded man is going to the slavers. So oh. he's obviously worried that the slavers are going to go. Just my so. mm, okay. Meanwhile, uh, he's more. Oh, by the way, the Manchurian witch and the giants are not there yet, for the record. Oh, okay. So, um, so Falco and Richter have an idea. Why don't we just go attack the hooded man's city? And he's like, because it's fortified as hell. And they're like, no, we found this map. There's sewer system. We can break in quietly. And he's like, no, that's a bad idea. That's a really bad idea. They're like, fine. And he's like, I'm going to talk to the slavers. So he leaves and they're like, so we're going to the sewers, right? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so they're going to go without him. So ah, damn it. Be careful, please. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm like. So, but it's, it's, it's absolutely, it might be my favorite, visually my favorite book of Canto so far. Oh, that's cool. Like, look, look at this gigantic two page. Oh, wow. Book. Like, Drew, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, it's just this dragon fight. So you got the, you got the fury chasing the elf on Dragonback with mm-hmm. that's the the hermit she was trying to say oh, okay so but yeah it's just it's just really really gorgeous and god it, it does feel like you're reading a storybook you know art wise like uh-huh. it's so cool like oh, i love it man that's really cool because i i've i've definitely missed i, I mean I, we love canto but i've definitely was missing uh drew zucker nothing mm-hmm. wrong with sebastian pities like honestly that's why i love following him on twitter he has he does amazing oh, yeah. artwork and has done amazing covers like for for real issues but damn it, I was missing Zucker's Zucker stuff, and I I, I need that. Canto's Drews. Yeah, like exactly. It's just, it's just that's what it's supposed to look like. So. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Really, really, uh, I love it, and I'm very excited to see where the story goes. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be the last volume? Right, as a trilogy, I, I think so. Maybe I don't know, man. We'll see. So we'll have to hit them up. So. I mean, with it, it, it being being picked up with for an animated, like I'm pretty sure now I can like go for oh, more. <laughs> Stretch it out, guys. <laughs> It's fine. Sell out. We don't care. <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> um, which takes us to our next publisher and a publisher that we have never talked about on the show before. Ooh. 
and that is Valiant Comics. Oh, yes, that's right. I actually, <laughs> I used, to be, I actually used to be pretty into Valiant. We've talked about this mm. in the past. Yeah. Um, Bloodshot was fine. There were a lot of characters that I was like, that's fine. But my character was always Ninjack. Dope. I love Ninjack. So this is uh, written and drawn by Jeff Parker and Javier Polito. Polito. Uh, Dave Sharp does the letters with Javier Polito as well. Now, you think Valiant, you think action comics, you see a cover like this. Yeah. You have an expectation of what this book is going to look like. It's going to blow your mind if you see this. Oh, nice. This looks like a Hellboy book. Ooh, okay. Like, look at this art. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was not what I was expecting. That is really cool. Yeah. And, like, you can see, like, this shit. Like, it's very cartoony, but I love it. It's very indie comics. Yes. Yeah, very much. Like, early image. Yeah. Like, not the main seven, but the the, Mm -hmm. the guys they hired on and stuff. Yeah. And I really dig it. So, Ninjak is basically a soldier for hire at this point, but he also works for MI6. And it opens with a very interesting political story that I thought was hilarious. Okay. Um, Ninjak is saving a, I don't think they give the country, but a Middle Eastern reporter who is going to an embassy after reporting bad things about the government that they were doing. And then he's kidnapped and they're like, we're going to kill you now because you did that. (laughs) <laughs> and then they're like, wait, don't kill him yet. Take his clothes so we can send a duplicate out to make it look like he left. I'm like, well, this is awfully familiar. Jesus. And then he ends up saving the dude, which I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, that's pretty great. So, um, but basically what happens in this is the MI6, uh, all the undercover agents in MI6, their identities get leaked. Oh, shit. The okay. So all of a sudden, all these MI6 agents start getting killed. And it's 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 kind of funnily done in a way, like um, like this guy's skiing and he gets shot by a guy skiing past him. Jeez, yeah. And then this one to get shot by a harpoon, like it's really fun. It's so funny. I did not expect this. It's all which is so good. But um, but yeah, and then it lends off uh, basically Ninjak and this girl are the only two that are left, and um, they're about to get attacked by a group of people. So, Mm. um, yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It, Again, I think it could have been very samey. Yeah. The art wasn't so different and I just loved it. So that was a really good choice. (laughs) Nice. Also, we got a really cool preview of shadow man, uh, number four, which I didn't know was being done by Colin Bunn. It was honestly, every time I look at it, I'm like, Ooh, this looks cool. Honestly, just sometimes it's just by the title alone. And then I look at the cover and like, I kind of want to do this. And then I look at the tag and it's like, fuck, it's valiant. And it's like that, I, it, it, it is really cool. I have nothing against Valiant. I just want to point that out. I just nothing against Valiant. I just can't dive in. And, I can't dive into another superhero universe to get to know everybody. I know. I know. I got I, you. <laughs> but but Shadow Man looks fucking awesome. And yes, Colin Bunn is writing it. But it's like it's very intriguing. But I just can't yeah. do that to myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, I'm looking forward to more things from Valiant. I'll keep you up to date on Ninjack at least. Cool. So. At least, yeah. <laughs> All right, that brings us over to another publisher that we don't talk about a lot. Hmm. Uh, it's a division of Boom Studios, and that's Arkea. Oh, nice! Yeah, I got the Mouse Guard book. Nice. Wait, let me see it again. Oh, yes. it's super different. It's not a comic book. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's it's like a children's book, like a picture book. That's cool, actually. I really like it. Yeah. 
Have you read Mouse Guard before? No. Dude. You're going to love this shit. It's it's basically like like fairy tales. Okay. But the art is phenomenal. So let me let me do the creative team before I jump mm-hmm. into it cuz I'll I'll rant forever about Mouse Guard. The creative team is David Peterson. That's it. He did everything. Nice. So <laughs> um so you can kind of see like the art oh, style, it's so all these these mouse, right? Beautiful. Yeah, no, I actually really like it. But then some of the story, some are like this. They're like actual storybooks. Oh, nice. And it's just absolutely beautiful, dude. Um, this one is a collection of a couple short stories. Oh, like I love this page. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be looking out for this. Yeah, dude. If you can find any back issues of Mouse Guard, pick them up. They're absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's it kind of reminds me of like um, again, like that early image era. Mm-hmm. I'll check out this wolf, by the way. Oh wow! No, it's really pretty. <laughs> yeah, um, like that early image area where you get shit like Bean World, like just really random weird shit, and yeah, it's great. But um, especially if you can find the Mouse Guard, the um, eleven fifty two, they have a book for each season of the year eleven fifty two. So it's fall eleven fifty two, winter eleven fifty two. Okay, and like you can see the cover of one of those right there. Oh, nice. Okay, it's just so sick. Oh, God, I love it. But this is really cool. It's. I would say it's safe for pretty much all ages. There's I a bit so. of violence I mean, in it, but I think it would be okay. From uh, Arkea, there's like it's um, it's where I get my storyteller books, and they tend yeah. to be pretty safe. But at the same time, like they do tend to approach certain topics that would be like cautionary for kids. Yeah, it's definitely like read it and then pass it along, or at least like read it with the child because like they it's are. Really they are- it, not get, just give it to your kid right yeah um but no but I, I i know what you mean by like sometimes crossing that line where it's like oh it's kind of a little dark for kids but at the same time you are reading a ya book yeah exactly so um but it's really good and uh like there's a lot of mouse guard to find out there and i'm just glad it's back because it's nice it's really interesting it's it's also an artist's book like it's one of those books that comic artists refer to a lot oh that's what cool. like, no, you were showing me the pages the it, it yeah, looks that, like that's one they're like this is something i love yeah it looks like those like children's books but that actually like has like production in its art not just leaving like the the like the the background just blank and white for like just to focus on the front and center no they look like really good books and the crazy lettering with all the like fairy tale stories yeah so really really good so that brings us over to image comic books (laughs) i have a stack host way of six books or five books here oh damn we're gonna start with the ones i can't talk too much about okay which is the silver coin number four. Oh man, I was really uh, this is the here. one. This is the one written by Jeff Lemire. Yes, and drawn by Michael Walsh with colors by Michael Walsh, Tony Marie Griffin. So this is set in the future, twenty four sixty seven. Yeah, hella into the future compared to the other three. And it's 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 sci fi, but it's also got some horror elements. So there are little hmm. things I'll tell you, like like everybody's bank account is basically uses their optical nerve to like read their bank account and do all their personal stuff. That's their ID now. Okay. Interesting. So this guy gets jumped by these scavengers and this chick open pulls open oh, her eye and a bunch no. of basically hacks his eye with some worms. <laughs> no. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so crazy. And there's a moment where they're like, oh God, we're about to get attacked. And she, this shot, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> just, so Basically, they're getting attacked by a, a police drone because we're at that point now. Mm-hmm. And they get attacked. And basically, she falls into what I assume was a city from our time. 
that's underground mm-hmm. they built on top of it she's like oh i thought this was all gone you can assume the coin comes into play yeah you want me to just talk about this book dude just do it just do, do it please okay. i just need to know i need my good horror so she the the cop kills her two friends that's with her okay she falls down and she's like she's like uh, he fall he follows her down there the, oh, the drone follows her down there shooting at her she's trying to run and her her personal computer skits out it loses signal mm-hmm. and so she walks into a room and finds this oh shit oh fuck okay oh damn yeah. hand no yeah and she walks up and sees the coin and picks it up and then immediately her computer starts saying virus detected virus detected virus detected virus detected virus detected. what the fuck <laughs> and then the drone shows up and there's a moment he's like freeze no don't move you're under arrest and she turns to look and it says virus accepted oh my god jesus <laughs> and then it doesn't end well for the cop as well so oh, yeah i can imagine <laughs> so it, it it leads to an interesting thing and there's more lore that i'm not going to tell you oh, okay no good though this is what because i've been waiting it's the for overarching thing yeah cool but we do get a preview of the fifth issue because oh, we're, we're nice. like is it gonna be four or five mm-hmm the fifth one is going to be written and drawn by Michael Walsh. Oh, no. oh what a great finale. Yes. That's good. I mean, and, we, we know it's moving on to an ongoing series, but at least for the, the first volume, that's good. Oh, my boy, Michael. <laughs> and this one is further back in time than any of them. Oh, so this back. might be the origin of the coin. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> it says, next time in a small New England village, a woman has been accused of witchcraft. Oh, mother fucker. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing honestly what a great i love it and and honestly this has to be like this is like michael wash's baby he's literally just inviting his friends over to tell a tale around this i just i love him for it i love his little his dark little mind his giant dark mind this is so cool he's like moving on through the times and then just jumping backwards oh fuck genius yeah it's so good. Like, and that one was really good. It's probably my favorite so far, actually. Oh, that's cool. And I, I, I love uh, it when something really clicks with you because you're not the horror guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, the sci-fi helped. And the sci-fi, yeah. And I also really liked the hero. Like, I liked the one with the with the house invasion and the fire. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like I really got to know the hero. True. Yeah. I feel like I more got to know this one, and that's she's cool. very similar because she's also a girl with two guy partners who both die true you know so it was kind of similar but i, I like this one a lot so yeah and something something i just like that doesn't really get explored a lot in horror and sci-fi is like that bio like synthetic like horrorness oh yeah oh, i yeah. love that shit and it rarely gets touched upon no in organic. sci-fi or horror yeah bioorganic thank you and the fact that this book was almost just about that like oh, i can't wait to get my hands on it yeah it's so good um which takes us to our next book die 18 okay and you're the lit guy so if you have to just, just go for it dude written by karen gillen drawn <laughs> by stephanie hans letter by clayton cowles okay if this was issue 19 i get it save it for me but it, it, we're only issue 18 yeah there's not too much to worry about oh that's right i just realized where we left off the fucking door okay shit yeah go for it, dude. We <laughs> le- the door of moria basically yeah. Basically, this entire book, this entire issue takes place in Moria, in the mines of Moria. <laughs> and awesome. we find out some background, for instance, when they got back, we actually flash back to 93 when they got back from Die, which oh. we haven't done in a long time. Yeah, We find out that uh, 
Chuck and Angela dated after they got back. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, they started dating towards, well, they're actually dating Wall and Die. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and they were dating, but Chuck is an idiot, so he cheated on her, of course. Of course. Um, so that kind of led to like the, some of the tension in the group and stuff like that. So there's also a moment where they reveal when they got out of Die the first time, what happened. So oh, the events of all them stand- going out. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're all standing in a circle, and all they have to do is hold hands, and each of them say, the game is over. Okay. And so one by one, they're saying the game is over, and it comes to Soul. No, uh, Soul was next. Oh, it comes to Ash. Yeah, and Ash hesitates because part of her doesn't want to leave. Die. Yeah, and as she pauses, quote, "I'm not even sure it was a second." The Grandmaster puts his hand on Soul's shoulder and pulls him away from the group. Oh, and they're all teleported away. That's how Soul was left. Oh shit. Yeah, and so Ash has this guilt because she's like if I didn't hesitate, we would all be home. Ah, fuck. Yeah. And then they find like this room in Moria, the room that everybody knows. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and there's like stay away from the fucking well, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. And then <laughs> and we get a lot of soul backstory. Basically what happened to him after they left die fuck oh my god and cool. how he became the first fallen and all this stuff and then he, this was really cheesy but i absolutely loved it um the grandmaster took their helmet off and they said i am die and it's a d20 as a head which <laughs> i absolutely loved <laughs> so, but it's it's basically like i am all choices taken i am the rules that must be i am all victories and all regrets oh my like, god it was, it was kind of dope that's, that's a great and, line yeah yeah, and then he basically made Saul into who Saul is now. And there's a really cool last page reveal that I'm going to leave to you. Okay. So, I really enjoyed this. This was so good. That's awesome, I, dude. I, yes. I'm so upset there's only two issues left. Yeah, fuck. What's Kieran Gillen going to pull off next? Like, damn. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe he'll actually make it into a full-on campaign setting for Tabletop. That'd be cool. Oh, that'd be cool. I could sit down and actually do a book, you know? Mm-hmm. So... And all illustrated by Stephanie Hans. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but yeah, that brings us to our other image books. Uh, long awaited return for image top cow is a man among ye. Yes. Tell me about it. This book is so great. It's big fan favorite of ours mm-hmm. written by Stephanie Phillips. The art's different. Okay. Uh, the art's by Joshua George. Now colors by John Collies and letters by Troy Pateri. How does this book open up? You might ask. <laughs> Anne's in bed with two women. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just great. They're whores, by the way. <laughs> of <laughs> they course. They that very clear. She's she a pirate. So basically, after getting away from the pirate hunter, they go to a pirate um, pirate bay, and they're kind of trying to lay low there and stuff. And uh, Mary and... Uh, oh, God, what's her name? Um... Iris, Iris, yeah, Mary and Iris. So the 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 noble lady and her bodyguard. Okay, they kind of go off and do their own thing, and then um, then uh, the others are off doing their own thing. And basically, Anne wants to buy a new sword, and she finds this badass gold hilted sword, and she's testing it out. Oh yeah, 
it's kind of like the regrouping or re- regrouping mission basically mm-hmm. long story short they get found they start fine there's a really cool fight scene as this book does such a great job of doing some swashbuckling and they're all running away basically and there's there's some really cool shots of all of them together also i um i can't remember if her hair was that short before yeah you're right i think she did she might have did cut it yeah so but yeah they're just really cool scenes of them all together and then last thing they're all like facing down some muskets and that's where it breaks away so it's really just resetting the story so we know what's going on uh but it's been a lot of fun i really like this cover the next one. Ooh, so cool yeah this is this week's cover and i really enjoyed it yeah so but yeah i'm really excited this is back because lady pirates amazing Love lady it. pirates for sure <laughs> and uh yeah, Steffi Phillips continues to be just incredible, and yeah, this, uh, I could talk forever about that book. It's just so much fun. <laughs> so, definitely on my list of things to make Liz read. So, nice. Next up, Helm Grey Castle. Oh, cool. Number three. Check out this cover. Oh wow. Yeah, it's like done in very fantasy like, but yeah, I actually really like it. Yeah. So, creative team. Story by Henry Baraja, uh, colors by Brian Valenza, pencil by Ramat Handoko, lettering by Gabriella Downey. So when we last left off, a lot was going on. And that's one thing about this book is it's very busy. There's a lot going on and there's a yeah. lot of characters. But this one, I think, was the smoothest one for me. I think I had the best idea of what's going on, um, which includes Helm Grey Castle and his lady love going to... I don't want to say hell, <laughs> but they basically they the the chick basically put them under and spiritually cast them somewhere so they could go save a dude, and the dude is crucified in the middle of a lava pit. Holy shit! So, um, so they're doing that. Meanwhile, the dwarf and the elf are like doing their thing too. Well, Helm rescues him, and the dude's like you look familiar. And he goes, no, are you coyote brother? Yeah. He goes, you're Azteca. He's like, no, he's like, I don't know you. He's like, Cody, it's good to have you back. He's like, what, what's happening basically. <laughs> and from then on, everybody just keeps calling him coyote. And it's just kind of like, and even like his, his lady is like, your brother's quite the showman. He's like, what? <laughs> like, so it's kind of like, what's going on here? Was he abducted as a child? Mm. Maybe so. And then they wake up, and of course they were naked when they were under, so we get this cheesecake shot of Helm waking up naked. <laughs> so, which is great. Ripped, shredded as fuck. Yeah. But it's really cool. Um, here's his brother. Oh, damn. Okay. Looking badass as shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, fuck. That sword is cool. Yeah, the, the ridge sword. I love those. And basically, we find out... I think we found out a bit of this beforehand, but basically, their leader is not their leader. He's been taken over by Cortez. Mm. Spanish conqueror Cortez. Yeah. So that makes, and he wants to rule this land like he was supposed to all along. Right. Oh, man. So, okay. That makes sense. I'm like, they were almost like, like the uh, the Aztecs or like the whole tribe was just coming off like very antagonistic, almost like for no reason. It's like, I get it, but it's like, give me more of this. Okay. That makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> he starts, like, people realize he's not remembering things from his childhood and stuff. That Where, okay. And stuff. So, um, also, remember the orc, the one from the very first issue that got injured? Yeah, the, the dwarf, behind. like love interest. Yeah, so it's behind with the child. They cut back Aww. to them, and they're actually attacked by the undead. 
and captured, so they're going to be drawn into the battle as well. So. Ooh, okay. And then, of course, it comes with the customary adventure at the end to play a tabletop game with. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Um, and it also has a preview of a man, of a man among you at the back. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's it's fun. I really enjoy it. Um, having kind of you know a swashbuckly fantasy tabletop thing, but as Tekken is really dope. Nice. Yeah. And it has yeah, been. Yeah. I really dig it. So. <laughs> Last image book. I didn't think I realized how goofy this book was going to be when I got it. And I'm actually kind of happy it is because it would be really weird if it wasn't. Uh, that's the six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so as we know, Trigger Keaton is the most unlikable action hero in the history of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And he has six sidekicks, all of whom he is estranged in some way. And now he is dead. And his most recent sidekick, who is like his buddy cop sidekick, who just met the guy so doesn't know how horrible he is, is like, we need to solve this murder. And everybody else is like, fuck him. <laughs> and so it cuts to one of his shows, which uh, sidekick number three, Tad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was the voice of Buster's car in a Night Rider ripoff. His kid, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> is, I think his name was Skippy. Yeah, it's Skippy. And so he's just like, like it shows a scene of the show where he's just like, you know, like, what will happen when they catch us? What will happen to you and me? A car with a child's brain and an ex-cop falsely accused of murdering the Secretary of State. <laughs> and he's like, let's not worry about that now, Skippy. Let's just make sure we get this heart to the hospital so little Donnie Smith can get a second chance at life. Oh, my it's God. It's just really cheesy and stuff. And then it immediately cuts to him being a piece of shit. Oh, like okay. off offset, he's just like, so here we are, both half high on whippets. I got a rag full of ether. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and his sidekick is a kid at this point, and he's like, hey, there's a kid here. He's like, why are you here? <laughs> and, he, and then he just open hand slaps the kid. Oh Jesus! And this, and this dude is cruel. I'm like, I'm pretty good at making a really biting comment to somebody if I need to. Yeah. Uh-huh. This dude is fucking cruel. Like he, he said. <laughs> Like the kid's sitting on the car, he's like, "The sludge in this car's exhaust pipe is worth more than anything you'll ever do, you stupid little moron." I'm like, "What?" Fuck. The fuck? <laughs> and then he, when he slaps the kid, and the kid's all sad, he's like, "I recognize that look. That's the look of someone who just realized they aren't the valiant hero of their story, but a gutless coward. That's the look of someone who just found out they're going to spend their entire life running scared from a fight. Well, you best get running, boy." I'm like, "Fuck, God damn." <laughs> It's just like really great writing to be that fucking evil, you know? Yeah. So cuts to they they go to the will reading. And another example of how evil this dude is. He basically um his very first sidekick, right? Paul Hernandez, um, is one of the people invited to the, the will reading. And the very first thing they say is, Mr. Keaton bequeaths his collection of exotic martial arts weapons, including a box full of throwing stars and something called a meteor hammer to the patients of the local children's hospital. And the lawyer reading is like, obviously that's not going to happen. Oh <laughs> my God. Well, because it's throwing stars. You're not taking that to a children's hospital. <laughs> and, then, and then next, Mr. Keaton left this for Paul Hernandez. Should he, quote, have the gall to outlive me? <laughs> And he's like, I did gall indeed. And the guy's like, is it a treasure map? Oh my <laughs> fucking God. It's just a note that says, fuck you. <laughs> he doesn't think he's got the gall. Immediately fuck I started dude. writing my own will. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yes, I am stealing this. And then 
the guy who voiced Skippy, the car, is actually given the car. Oh, cool. It's a 1973 AMC AMX3 prototype muscle car. Oh, okay. Quote, a stupid car from a stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, holy shit, like he gave you a really good gift. Like, what the hell's this? And then the quote with it is, may you forever be reminded that you'll never be anything but a replaceable part of this thing that's better than you in every way. Let it serve as a reminder of your own inconsequence. Enjoy driving this impeccable monument to your life's failure. Fucker. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh god, it's so good. And the guy's like, I do need a car though. (laughs) So, dude, yes. You find out that he has a whole bunch of box or outside there's a whole bunch of people with boxes of poop because <laughs> apparently he saved up 40 boxes of his own shit to send to people after he died motherfucker they go outside and most of them are the stuntmen who tried to beat them over the last one and so they have a stuntman war and they're running away they get in the car that he just inherited and they're driving away and he stops at a red light <laughs> trying to get away from the stuntman like it's a red light. He's like, go. They're like, look. And then it cuts back to the stuntman, and they're also stopped at a red light. <laughs> oh, motherfuckers. <laughs> He's like, they stopped at their red light. He's like, there are rules to an engagement. <laughs> and they're like, go, Skippy, go. And so he ends up pulling, ends up, this dude is like a badass driver. Nice. He pulls out like this crazy, like, S turn between the cars and oh, reverse and dope. stuff. So. <laughs> So they have this awesome car chase, and he's they're like, how do you do that? He's like, it's actually really easy. And, like, so, <laughs> and then they get an ominous threat from some dudes to be like, stop looking into this. You know, it's none of your business. This If, if I had to compare this to a book, it'd be Chew. Okay. It's that level of goofy, and I love it. So, um, Which is, is really funny. Like, I did not expect that much from this. Yeah, this, but- is by, this is, by the way, a Skybound book. Oh, okay. So, ooh, but, yeah. maybe expect something for Skybound X too. Maybe, yeah. So, a little piece, really funny, but just just those biting comments, like, dude, th- that's fucking insane. Like, just like, like just to read these like lines from a piece of shit that like, can just be funny when it's just like not directed at you. But oh my god, that's just too fucking much. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> I'm like taking notes and shit. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on to our next publisher, and that's gonna be DC Comics. Nice. I got four books. I have, and you know me, I always get the deluxe covers. Oh man, that dollar extra. <laughs> they are Detective great. Comics 1039. Look Ooh. at this motherfucker. Is that Azarello so or who, who did that? Um, I like that really deep, like the way Azarello loves to do There's his no signature. Let me, let me pull up the creative team. Cause it, it did look really cool. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I'm loving Detective Comics ever since Mariko Tamaki took over. That's good. She's doing an excellent job. Um, Lee Bermeo. Oh, Lee Bermeo. That's right. That's right. Azarella is, is the writer, but, but he usually yeah. ends up with this guy. Um, yeah. Question about Batman right now. Has Have they revealed who, um, what's his face? Ghostface is? Ghost killer face? Ghostface killer? Not Ghostface killer? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> is it a ghost maker? Like the dude in the white suit. And they're like a new, a new vigilante with like the with the, the baggy parachute. I'm not pants. getting Batman. I'm oh, getting that's just Batman. Oh, okay, cool. Never mind then. So that might be in Batman. Okay, I don't I don't know what to talk about. So, um, creative team for this one is Mariko Tamaki writing, Victor Bogdanovich penciling, inks by Daniel Henriques, Victor Bogdanovich, and Norm Rapmund. Damn, what which is an interesting choice. Uh, I love Norm Rapmund, but I I, I was funny because I was like, have I ever mentioned him on this show? Like, yeah, right. That's so weird. Like that he is the like doing 
a third of the inking because <laughs> like, he's a huge name if you guys don't know he's he's um he's kind of a legend in comics i guess is the best way to put it he did teen titans he did nightwing he was really good nightwing um he did really good run of batgirl he did all kinds of stuff cool. and he's also doing infinite frontier too so um jordy Belair doing the coloring and aditya bitikar as the letterer um so we're wrapping up the story with all these people are dying, all these high society people, right? And what it is, is we're introduced to a new bat villain. And his name is Hugh Vile. And it's great because they say it and then Huntress goes, villain name. <laughs> Definitely a villain name. <laughs> so what happened when is when he was a kid, he swam in the creek out back and got a, a, a parasite in his head. Oh, Jesus. That's sensitive to light. And now he can infect other people. He's constantly hungry and he feeds off the life sources of other people. And when he does, it looks like this. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's infected a bunch of people and that's who keeps dying. And then he can control the infected people too. Mm. And in this book, he infects Huntress. Shit. And so it comes down to that. It's really like crazy and like, oh, like, like here, there's the shot of him infecting her. Oh, oh, fuck, gross. Yeah, it's very head crab, very fucking face hugger. And so, basically, in the end, they're able to defeat him, uh, and they can use light to chase the the thing away. But he does get away, so hmm. he's going to be a new bat villain. They also gave him a backup story at the end of the issue with a uh, T Rex writing and drawing, uh, Simon Gao coloring and Rob Lee lettering where it's kind of a backstory for him and it's even grimmer and like more disgusting hmm. I, you're you're fine with this stuff so yeah. I don't have to warn you but oh sick yeah ooh yeah so dope so yeah <laughs> it's really cool I'm really enjoying this so uh, Detective Comics Mariko Tamaki killing it nice next a book I know Josue loves. Future State Gotham. Oh, and I've been really excited. I was excited for this issue because I saw um, the the artist, the fucking A, um, Simone, right? No. Simone de Mayo? No. No, who's okay, who's who's the artist? Never mind. Just go for the teams. Dennis, no, not Dennis Culver. It's Gianna, Gianna Milano, Milano Giannis. Same okay. person that's been doing it. Oh, damn. What but the Simone, was I Simone DeMeo did the cover. Oh, okay. Just the cover then. They're, they're just but like not building. the cover I got. Oh, okay. I got the Rose Besh cover, which has this awesome shot of spoiler. Yeah. Okay, that's like, cool. Yeah, I love it. So it's really cool. Um, so yeah, written by Joshua Williamson, uh, artist again was, uh, oh, written by Joshua Williamson and Dennis Culver, I should say mm. art by Giannis Milano Giannis letter by Troy Pateri, no colorist because it's in black and white. Yeah. And this is the one where red hood and the new Batman basically have to team up and take on basically all the bad guys. Um, it features an appearance by punchline, um, Ooh. which I still don't understand why the Joker has to have a girlfriend, but whatever. Yeah. And then they get into, um, Batman and Red Hood get into a fight with Warmonger, which is a little known villain in the DC universe. It's kind of like a Viking, basically. Mm. He's all about the glory of battle. And he knocks them out. He puts them down in, in like a pit and they have to fight. And he basically hit them both with like something to rage them and frenzy them out. 
Okay. So it's going to be them fighting for the next issue, which is really cool. Um, we also leave out with a cutscene at the end where they're like, all these people escaped, including a famous ex-girlfriend of the Joker and criminal mastermind punchline. And then you see a baseball bat crash into the, the TV. It's like her free in my city. Hell no. Gotham belongs to Harley Quinn. Jesus. So, okay. Yeah. So we might get some of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. This book is great. I'm not getting into all the details because, you know, I want you to read it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is a good book. The art is so gorgeous. It is. Like, it's just amazing. So. Next up, DC Infinite Frontier number two. Oh, damn. Okay, cool. Once again, I got the variants. Oh, that's cool. So. Uh, yeah, definitely okay, talk so to me about this one. There's multiple stories in this one. Okay. So, all of it's written by Joshua Williamson. Mm-hmm. Pencilers are Paul Pelletier, Jesus Marino, and Zermanico. Inks by Norm Rappin, Jesus Marino, Zermanico. Colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr., lettering by Tom Napolitano. Um, so, in this one, it, it's kind of interesting. So, the, the we're, again, we're kind of building around Checkmate. And so this is about uh, Director Bones since one of his, uh, basically his Maria Hill, if you will, um, to speak with Superman and Batman and basically figure out what's going on there. And it's like, hey, there's a multiverse. And she's like, remember when... Uh, they're like, oh, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. And she's like, hey, remember when a version of Batman from another universe came over and almost destroyed the planet? Like, what happens when a version of you comes over? <laughs> and I'm like, that is an excellent question. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. This is also the one that features the panel of, as I told you, uh, Flashpoint Batman saying, I don't read comic books. <laughs> Asshole. Which is amazing. It's DC mocking themselves. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> um, and yeah, they, um, so President Superman and Flashpoint Batman are working together. Okay. Because of reasons. Yeah. And they end up on an Earth, Earth 22. Now, it's, this is one of the few Earths I actually know the number of and the mm-hmm. reason behind it, okay. because it's Kingdom Come Earth. Oh, okay. No sh- okay, cool. I was like, yeah. this sounds even familiar to me, too. So, cool. Yeah, so it's Magog. But Magog seems to be a bad guy for some reason, even uh-huh. though he kind of redeemed himself at the end of Kingdom Come. So, um, they're kind of like, what's up with that? Uh, we also get we get word that Jade is missing. So, Obsidian and, and Alan Scott are looking for her. That's kind of their story in this. And then we get the follow-up with Roy Harper and the Black Lantern ring. Oh, yeah. So he's like, why do I have a Black Lantern ring? What's what's up with this? And he's like, is there an oath? What did Hal used to say? <laughs> and um, it flashes back to Hal talking to him, being like, it's, you know, I have willpower. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. And then he, the, the last thing Hal says is, let me ask you this, kid. When you take the shot, who is in control? You or the bow? And then Roy says bullseye and becomes a full on black lantern. Okay. Yeah. And he like makes some like black lantern constructs to shoot. He's like, you know, using his powers. And then he's like, Hey, how's ring could talk to him. Right. I think so. Talk to me. Why me? And then there's this fucking gigantic explosion of shit with all kinds of shit happening, including a big picture of dark side, um, Batman, there's flashing chains, all this stuff, and he sees he sees Leon, his daughter, alive, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And 
he's like, tell me now, where is she? And then it just says dark side is at the end. Of course. So I'm kind of like, I, I wish everything didn't come back to dark side. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. And then, uh, it said, come to me, my black lantern. And then he flies off. So interesting. Like, what's that, happening there. And I mean, so far it's just like, like him, at least he's trying to explore this power. I like I like that he's not being corrupted by it. Like he might be like maybe like flipping it or just like it's a it's a lantern. Like it's like the lantern core were never really like set for being like bad guys. It's, it's almost like it's mm-hmm. just like their own thing or their own like yeah, it's really their own thing or their own power. But they were really never set to be like, well, you're on that side, so you have to be a bad guy. Like they might yeah. be like actually turning it around. Yeah. It was just like the the people who were getting the, got corrupted by that power that made them bad guys. But I feel like it, it's just like more of the individual itself. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. interesting. And then the last story is Captain Adam. Ooh, okay. Which is a really complicated character in DC history. It's actually very important. People don't talk about him a lot. Um, but I'm sure you remember the end of Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was the beginning of Kingdom Come. Is uh, when he was killed, he went off like a nuke, and that's what killed all those people at the very beginning of Kingdom uh-huh. Come. So yeah. So he basically shows up and he's like he's at this military base and he runs into Cameron, the girl that's working for Director Bones. He's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, uh, he goes, what did I do to earn a visit from you? He's like, she's like, well, you died for starters. She's like, so you died and you're here. He's like, isn't that pretty much everybody? Everybody's been reborn because of the multiverse. And she's like, I work for a team. We want you to join us. And he's like, sorry, I'm retired, blah, 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 blah. And then he says, um, she basically says, that's not the Nathan Adam I used to know. When you and I were on that mission to Markovia, you told me you'd never rest until you felt the world was safe. And he goes, that was a long time ago, Chase. Lots happened since then. She's like, right, but... And she pulls a gun out. She's like, you and I have never met before. And that's when she finds out it's actually an alternate Captain Adam from another world that's pretending to be Captain Adam. Interesting. And she's like, what earth are you from? It's like, does it matter? She's like, he's like, I just wanted to be free. She's like, where's the real Captain? He's like, I don't know. She's like, turn yourself in without a fight. He's like, you don't understand what's really going on in the multiverse, and I know too much. I can't let you take me in. And he grabs his chest... And rips his own chest open. Oh, fuck. Says, Dark Side is, and explodes. And then we see a nuke go off. The nuke. Oh, shit. Yeah. What? I know. It's almost like 52 all over again. Okay. I loved 52 as a run. That was such a great run of comics. And just big shit happening like this with these (laughs) C characters. that I just love it. So, last DC book is DC Batman Urban Legends. Check out this motherfucker fucking red hood cover oh shit yeah i love it so much (laughs) uh this is by tyler kirkham by the way Mm. uh so four stories in this one red hood and batman the one that's been going forever which is chip zadarsky uh artists are eddie barrows eber ferrera Mm. and diogenes nevis flashback artist is marcus toe who does such a great job of replicating old batman style by the way (laughs) adriana lucas coloring becca carey lettering Batgirls is the second story, written by Marguerite Bennett, drawn by Sweeney Boo, Maurice Louise, uh, coloring, Becca Carey lettering, uh, Tim Drake in a three-part, two, part two of three, written by Megan Fitzmartin, drawn by Belen Ortega, colored by Alejandro Sanchez, and lettered by Pat Brousseau, and then Grifter, part five of five. <laughs> yes, and it ends so well. Okay. Written written by Matthew Rosenberg, drawn by Ryan Benjamin, colored by Antonio Fabella, lettered by Seda Timofonte. Okay, so we'll start with the, the Red Hood one. Basically, Batman sacrifices himself to save Jason. 
and it cuts back. This is the the flashback stuff. It cuts back to a time where Riddler trapped Batman in a tube and was going to drown him unless Robin or Jason figured out the the riddle, which is basically like, here's five of Batman's um, villains. Uh, you need to pick. Basically, you need to pick the right one uh, according it, to this riddle. It's a helicopter, and if you pick the wrong one, he gets electrocuted and dies. So the riddle is. Out of all of Batman's enemies, one secretly harbors a part of another. The key is the secret. The lock is its harbor. So, dear Robin, do you have what it takes to save Batman? So, he's going through this puzzle as he's going through the rest of this adventure. And it really focuses on, like, he's a detective as well. Not as good as, say, Tim. Tim was the best detective. Sure. But he's really kind of anxious about his detective abilities. And so, in this flashback... He's like, I'm, he's like, basically, I'm not Bruce. I'm, I'm not Dick. I'm not smart enough to do this. And he's like, maybe I can deactivate it. Like, he's trying to cheat his way around it. Hmm. And he's like, I was about to lose the only person to ever believe in me because I wasn't good enough. And then he looks into the tube and Batman just looks at him. Oh, shit. And then he, he goes, no. And he walks over to the keys. And he's like, no, I'm going to figure this out. And so he figures it out. He figures out that Catwoman has the word two in it, just like Two-Face. Uh-huh. So that's part of him and her. So that was the right answer. And mm-hmm. so he was able to free him. And then R- Batman comes out. And he's like, I never doubted you, Robin. And it's like, oh, it's, <laughs> I just love this relationship. And in the end, they're still hunting down this guy who does the the happy pills that are just like the scarecrow pills. But um, he captured Batman. And, and the big moment here, he put a gas mask on Batman with a refined version of the gas that gives him um, the happiness, the satisfaction of a job well done from being finished with his war on crime. And it says, are you ready to send the next level to a world without Batman? And so we're going to get basically Batman living like, what if he finished his job? Like, what's that going to be in the next issue? So it's really cool. Hmm. Uh, nice. The next one's a one shot with the Batgirls, Stephanie and Cassandra, and they basically play video games. And it's really cool. And we meet a new cool character, and I'm curious to see who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't give her a name. So, and then we get a Tim story, Tim two of three, which I know Tim is not canonically gay, but Tim is gay in my head. 100% <laughs> gay. Okay. Um, there was actually a moment back before the new 52 where Tim and Superboy were in each other's books all the time. And everybody's like, they're gay. They're totally gay. They're totally. <laughs> and, and at one point I can't remember Superboy says something. Like he's doubting himself. And Tim says, You'll always be my super boy. And Liz was like, Gay. <laughs> Hell <laughs> like, this is so gay. And I'm like, I love it. But they refuse to accept it. Well, it gets weirder in this one because <laughs> um basically Tim is about Tim's friend is kidnapped. And you find out it's actually by a group that is about using pain to enhance your life. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was like, pardon me? And then Connor calls him while he's doing this. He's like, hey, what's going on, Tim? Who's Bernard? And he's like, he's a, tr- he's a friend. He's in trouble. He's like, can I help? What do you need? He's like, I don't know, Connor. And it's just kind of like, all right, Superboy. Like, <laughs> like, it's just like, stop checking up on your boyfriend. Like, this is great. I love it. <laughs> so, um, but it's really cool. And then uh, Tim is basically being initiated into this pleasure or pain cult is the way it's so. <laughs> Okay. And the Grifter one. Okay, Grifter. This is the big one. So, Lucius Fox, 
And keep in mind, this is written by Matthew Rosenberg, the same guy that did free, uh, Hawkeye Freefall. Okay. So, I love it. Lucius Fox hired Grifter to be his uh, bodyguard, but there's also like some shenanigans. Maybe he's working both sides. Maybe he's working all sides. That's Grifter. Now, for those who don't know, Grifter comes from the Wildstorm universe created by Jim Lee back mm-hmm. in Image. Yeah. Um, along with um, with several characters, and um, including the Wildcats. Do you know anything about Wildcats? No, not really. Okay. To me, they were the best team in early Image. Ooh, okay. There was like a bunch. I really like Cyberforce, but I think Wildcats is probably the best one. It was Jim Lee doing this really cool, like almost adventure style story. Nice. Um, and so basically he breaks in, he, he does everything he needs to do. And he's about to get attacked by these guys. And they're like, oh, you, you blew, you blew your chance grifter. Are you ready to die? And he's like, actually, this is the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> and it's the entire Wildcats team with him. Oh, no shit. Yeah, and it says, Wildcats, let's remind them who the hell we are. <laughs> and so we get this awesome... I'm going to move my mic so I can show you this in full. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay, not too cool spread. Just like to yeah. throw a lot of like old heads in the comics like back in the pages. Yeah, so basically it's the whole Wildcats uh, roster, and they basically save the day with him, and they all teleport out. And... Batman shows up. He's like, Lucius, what happened here? He's like, I have no idea. And then down at the bottom, the Wildcats will return. Oh, wow. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> Especially if they give Jim Lee it back because it's his book. You yeah, know, he's basically so. running it. Yeah, so why not? That would be really cool. So good DC week. Now, before we move on, like somewhere yes. in between like news or something like we kind of skipped over, but now that we've been throwing the name around, actually both names around like, in this last little segment a lot. Are you going to be picking up a Task Force Z by Rosenberg? Did you hear about that? Um, if Rosenberg's doing it, I'm going to pick it up. <laughs> it's an ongoing series with uh, Matthew Rosenberg, uh, Eddie Barros, Eber Fierra, and uh, Adriano Lucas. And it's a Jason Todd-led team book, which I guess like some shit happens in Arkham, and people yeah. die, and then... You don't even need to finish this description. <laughs> <laughs> and then his, his team will consist of, like I guess, res- resurrected versions of them. I'm not sure they're going to be zombified. But it's a uh, Bane, Man Bat, Arkham Knight, Sundowner, and Mister Bloom, who I'm mostly most uh, curious about being in a team since it's kind of like the newest villain from like New Fifty Two from Batman. Yeah. So I'm kind of want to I want to see him in a current state and see how they work with him. But it's a Jason Todd led book, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna get it. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's cool though. I didn't know about that. Yeah. That's awesome. Task Force Z. I'm gonna check that out. So uh next up and concluding our comic book journey of the week oh, yes. now so you can start talking with me Marvel. <laughs> Marvel. i'm gonna start with the ones you don't read okay uh starting with star wars dr afro number 12 mm-hmm. i got this cover oh wow great one which i really enjoyed um and this is part of the war of the bounty hunters just like everything else um let's see here Written by Alyssa Wong, penciled by Minkyu Jung, lettered or inked by Victor Olozaba, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, and lettered by Joe Carmagna. Now, I'm not going to review this book because I'm going to talk about this book as well because they happen concurrently. It's oh, okay. the same story. This is War of the Bounty Hunters number two. Mm. So you can see that awesome Java picture. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> yeah. This one, literally parts of the story are in both. Like it's It's very much an overlap, so... Uh, this one is written by Charles Soule, illustrated by Luke Ross, colored by Naraj Manon, and lettered by Travis Lanham. So, 
the Dr. Afro book mostly focuses on the Dr. Afro portion of the story I'm about to talk about. Mm-hmm. But the Bounty Hunters one tells kind of all of it, and which is the actual auction for Han Solo, Han, yeah. Frozen Han Solo. So all the criminals are there. Dr. Afra and her partner are there, and they're actually trying to steal from other people there, which is just great because they're just scumbags like that. And uh, Boba Fett shows up. He doesn't have an invitation, so he tries to jump a guy and take his invitation. Um, and he, he kills another bounty hunter. It's it's Boba Fett. <laughs> you know how that goes. Um, and then the auction actually starts. And the bidding starts at 100,000 credits. And it quickly rises and rises and rises until Jabba the Hutt says 1 million credits. <laughs> 1 million. <laughs> and then the people that are there for the Empire are like, yeah, we can't we can't pay more than a million credits for a single prisoner. And they're like, yeah, the, the Huts are apparently really strong-willed, you know, and all this stuff. And so Jabba wins with 1 million, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Boba runs into our Aww. heroes. So we're going to see an interaction between Lando and Boba and everybody. So. Nice. But the best part is uh, Jabba wins, and then somebody walks in and says no. And if you read Star Wars comics, if you ever see a black speech bubble, that's Uh-oh. one person and one person only. And they're like, oh, no, no, not him. And they're like, oh, crap, we need to go. And then um, the chick that was selling him says, well, 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 let's see where this goes. Captain yeah. Solo belongs to me. Jeez. Vader just bombs up in, and that's where it cuts off. Fuck. So it's going to be cool. I'm very excited about that. So I'm really, I'm really digging it. Like, at first, I was like, I'm doing it because it's an event. Yeah. I feel obligated to, but I'm actually really enjoying it. So That's good. And then the only other book I read that you didn't, and I was really hoping you had picked it up or read it just You fun. did entice me with it, so I will after this. It's like uh, I need to get the little <laughs> action bit out. Yeah, Spider-Woman number 13, written by Carla Pacheco, who is just so good. I love her. Uh, drawn by Perry Perez, colored by Frank Darmada, and letter by Travis Lanham. So basically, it opens with her hitting somebody named fireball with a baby stroller. That's the very first page. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. And it says, Oh baby. <laughs> like, it's just so great. She's like, my son is taking a nap. <laughs> so you find out she's, she's getting attacked in her own uh, apartment and she's waiting for her babysitter to get there. Cause her boyfriend who she had the kid with is no longer with her. He left her. So the whole thing is like, who takes care of the kid when she's not there? Mm-hmm. And so she's like fighting this chick and she's like, you know, you're going to wake him up and all this shit. And she finds out it's not even, uh, the person fireball's not even there to fight her. It's, um, they're there to steal the, basically the high evolutionaries data. Oh, okay. Because spider woman has it. And she's like, we're well, not even here to fight me. And then she tries to take off. Um, jet dude, the action's so good in this book. Like Jess pushes her out the window. Oh, wow. I love that shot. Yeah. Like it's so great. And then <laughs> the babysitter shows up downstairs as the person lands on the car. Oh, shit. Her. She's like, come on up. And she's like, I'll leave it unlocked. There's leftovers in the fridge. And she's putting her mask on and shit. So she just keeps beating up Fireball all the way down into a subway train, right? Mm-hmm. Gets on the train, keeps beating her up on the train. And there's actually this really cool shot here. I hope you can see it. Where it's just like a subway, but if you look in all the windows and all the advertisements, there are other shots of her beating them up. Yeah. 
So it's like an interesting storytelling style. Interesting, you know, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool, like unique. And then she finally beats Fireball. Fireball's on her knees, and she's at the feet of Bruiser, who is this dude, who takes who takes the thing and starts running. And she's like, oh, God, really? And she chases him down, and he's like, I got a boat to catch. And this is this was really good. This is like goofy Spider-Man level. I loved it. He's like, I got a boat to catch. And he threw a fucking police horse at her. Just like an Abraham Lincoln vampire. Hunter, <laughs> one of my favorite moments in cinema. Yeah. Um, so she's like, wait, a boat? And then he's, he literally gets on the ferry, the Midtown Ferry. And she's like, where are you going with that file? You come back here. He's like, listen, lady, I just fucking love boats. <laughs> and then he's just chilling on the boat, being like, mm, boats. Basically. What the fuck? And then he he gets a, a the boat lands and he gets into a monster truck. So she's trying to chase down the monster truck. It's just again, it's just nonstop action. Yeah, seriously, just blasting this monster truck, and she finally gets in the monster truck. She's like the the roof is thin, so she reaches through, stuns him with her venom blast, and then he goes flying out the front window. Oh shit! Yeah, and he lands, and he's like rolling, and he rolls and finds Lady Bullseye. <laughs> Who is like his backup. And I love this line where Spider Woman says, Lady Bullseye, new costume? I almost didn't recognize you, you know, without a boob hanging out. She's <laughs> <laughs> like classy as always, I see. <laughs> like it's just like they just have a fight. And then Lady Bullseye reveals she has a jetpack, so they fly in the air and they hit a plane, and now they're fighting on the wing of the plane. Damn. And it just it just keeps going and going. I love this shot. This is an iron fist shot. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, totally. Like, it really is. And they just keep fighting and fighting. And she finally gets the stuff back. And she's like, basically, like, who did this? And the entire time she's bitching about where she is because it's Jersey, basically. <laughs> she had to go to Jersey throughout this fight. And she looks in the window of the plane to see who did all this. And it's her fucking brother. <laughs> like, what? And so we're going to see what's going on there. So, But it was just nonstop action. It was so much fun. Yeah, it sounded like a great it. fucking issue. It's been a real sleeper hit. That and Black Widow mm-hmm. are two books that aren't talked about enough that are just amazing solo books right now. Nice. So. Alright, now we're going to talk about the things we both read. Yes. I will start with The Sinister War number one. <laughs> okay. We always start with Spidey. Um, written by Nick Spencer. Pencil by Mark Bagley. Inked by Andrew Hennessy, John Dell, and Andy Owens. Colored by Brian Reber. And lettered by Joe Carmagna. I got the wraparound cover that has every villain in existence. Oh shit. That's really cool. That's a great (laughs) cover. uh, I'm glad you keep me up to date with what's going on. Okay. (laughs) Spider-Man because this helped out a lot. Um, Obviously it looks like we're finally coming to the the very end of one more day. Yeah. Like it seems like we're going to wrap that story up because Mephisto's here. Dr. Strange is here and they're referring to the deal that Peter made. Oh, totally. There's only one thing to talk about there. (laughs) Yeah. So we also um, were at the premiere for Mary Jane's new movie, which unbeknownst to Peter is being directed by Mysterio. <laughs> um, but she knows it. She's fine with it. And yeah. it's, it's almost like his redemption story, which I really like. I like Mysterio. He's actually one of my favorite Spidey villains. So, cause he's so campy, <laughs> um, but they're basically there. And then they get attacked by the Savage six, which is uh, Stegron, Rhino, Scorpion, Vulture, Tarantula and King Cobra. So all the animal themed Spider-Man. Movies, yeah. Basically. Or most. Most. Yeah. You know, At least this yeah. team is the animal real, The real savage animal ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, and they attack and they're actually there to kill Mary Jane. 
and uh, also to fuck with Mysterio, basically. Mm-hmm. And so big fight breaks out. Spider-Man's able to change into his costume. He starts fighting them. And then who shows up? But the Sinister Six. <laughs> Looking for <laughs> their six. And that is Sandman, Doc Ock, Electro, Craven, and Lizard without Dark Connors in him. Yes. Yeah. And then I guess Mysterio is the sixth. Yes. So so the two sixes start fighting each other, basically. And Spider-Man's like, well, this fucking sucks. It's like 12 enemies. <laughs> and I love that MJ's like, you know, the whole, like, I'm working with Mysterio. He's a good guy. And he's like, he's a criminal. She's like, like your roommate or your ex. Is your ex-girlfriend? <laughs> He's like, wow, okay. <laughs> he goes low. <laughs> but yeah, basically this this fight continues and then Pete gets uh, knocked down, knocked unconscious, but MJ's able to get away. Mysterio gets her away. And then we see Kindred, which is Harry, right? <laughs> that, was that, Harry. that one is was up in Harry. the air. That one's up in the air. It was originally Harry. It might be somebody else. It might, okay, yeah. And then we get the whole bit where it's like, you know, remember what I told you last time? Well, now it's a party, and it's every fucking villain in the Marvel Universe, basically. As far as, like, the Spidey Spider. Rogues, mostly yeah. Spidey Rogues. Well, even, like, focused. Taskmaster. Yeah, Taskmaster's <laughs> there, what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, and then we, to conclude it, we cut back to Mephisto and Doctor Strange talking. Yes. And Mephisto's offering Doctor Strange a way to maybe bet his way out of whatever's going on. And I'm off, dude, it's so good. I yeah. I really it, so... No, I'm 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 curious to see how Nick answers this or how he's able to flip this because like from the beginning, like the from the beginning of Nick Spencer's run, the first page you saw was a flashback of when Spidey was just like donning like the black suit. I don't think it was a symbiote. I think it was just a black suit, and he he and Mary and he takes Mary Jane to like the peak point of the Empire State, and they just look at the scene, and you're, you're just like the first mm-hmm. the first thing that come, that came into everybody's mind was like. Nick Spencer's putting them back together. Like he's taking, he's getting rid of this fucking curse. It's fucking happening. Thank fucking God. And now we're almost, we're almost there. We're almost there. So I'm just so curious what there. the fuck he's going to do with it. Cause is yeah. it going to kill Aunt May in the process? I mean, at this point that really was uh, the deal. So I don't know. Yeah. Unless whatever doc strange is doing like true overrides it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited though. Oh, I'm, me too. I'm glad, I, I'm glad I jumped onto this. I might cool, cool. pick up ASM during this because I really was curious about Sinister War. So yeah, from one Spider-Man book to another. Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow, What If? Written by Chip Zardsky, <laughs> drawn by Pascal Ferry, colored by Matt Hollingsworth, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. Okay, I'm a big fan of the What If books, and actually, if you guys want to check your local comic book store, there should be hardback copies of the original What If run. They just came out this week. Oh, that's cool. Week. And so you can, get, you can read all of them, including the one that was, what if Peter Parker didn't become a Spider-Man? And it had three stories where it was, um, it was, let me make sure I get this right. Gwen Stacy, before Spider-Gwen, this is back in the day. It yeah. was like the 70s, I think. Um, uh, John Jameson, Jonah's son. Son, yeah. And probably Flash. I think it was Flash. Oh, okay. I can't remember, but yeah, it was fun. That was my first what if book. And then my favorite is what if strife killed the X-Men Ooh. during executioner's song. Okay. It's really good. That's a cool. One. He, he literally, it's, it's very bloody. He kills everybody. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But anyways, so this, what if, uh, is what if Peter did not give up the symbiote when he realized it was starting to take control of him. We're in part four of five. 
So basically, Peter's been killing all of his villains, but thanks to J. Jonah Jameson, uh, Craven is able to burn the suit off of him and he saves Peter. And now the cops want to find Peter because he's a murderer because when he killed Kingpin, Kingpin leaked his name to the press. <laughs> so everybody knows who Batman is. Or Batman, Spider-Man, what the fuck? So um, then we find out that the suit actually took over the Fantastic Four headquarters. I think it's the Baxter building in this case. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it's Four Freedoms Plaza yet or not. So, um, But basically, he needs to go there and help uh, save it. He's like, this is my responsibility. So what do you think? Like, And you could take it up from there if you want to. I mean, at, at this point, I wasn't expecting the the whole like morality, morality flop. Or, or, or switch. Um, I really thought we were going to stick to like, what if Peter was just like evil throughout the series? But this is definitely taking more like, all right, let's let's flip it back and like, a, a Peter Parker would learn his lesson eventually and really get rid of the suit. Which is in the end, like, how I, I did like that part, like seeing it from that angle as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, but then going into like the past, uh, getting into like with getting into it with the Fantastic Four, there's that whole dynamic part of it because like Ben is just like not holding back. I love that. Even Johnny's like talking shit too. <laughs> yeah and then of course the symbiote's main weakness is fire and mm-hmm. the human torch so that's like his main ally in this um i love that peter's solution to dealing with the thing is just knock him out the window and let the avengers deal with it he's <laughs> 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 like not my problem anymore but yeah but also like i i did like that also because the symbiote got to read and reed's mind is just like fucking bonkers he was able to like you know what like this is a weakness and one of my teammates is made out of fire so let me work around this and like fix this issue so i'm I'm glad that it was cool seeing him like work that around before like i guess in this case before the maker was even a thing but he kind of like got around the symbiotes yeah and then reed symbiote uses his mind to basically create a bunch of symbiotes yeah and they go all over and we don't really see the full effect of it until the very last panel of the book, which is the Avengers outside, all of them infected. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I love, and also there's other heroes, not just the Avengers. The X Men, X Men are there, which includes Jean Grey and her X Factor. Uniform, I was going to say it was one of her best uniforms. I was going to say it's more like the X Factor suits. Yeah, that was that was a cool touch of like the placement yeah. in times of when this would take place. Yeah. And Doctor Druid being on the Avengers. I was, I was about to say, like, who the fuck is that? Is that the, the bald uh, wizard guy? The bald, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Druid. <laughs> cool, He's cool. the third best magician in Avengers history. Okay, no, fourth. Because he's behind Wanda, too, of course. Oh, so. at this point, yeah. Behind Dr. Voodoo and Dr. Strange. <laughs> so, yeah. There's probably another one, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah. So, we got the finale coming up, and everything is up to Spider-Man at this point. So, is it despite, hey, it's really interesting. Did he kill Brock, too, in last issue? I can't remember what he did with Brock. Because he was running the team, but he literally killed everybody. Um, or before uh, Only two survived. J. Jonah Jameson and Craven. Okay, that's true. Okay, yeah. I think he just was off. That so, he was just off. Yeah. But it's cool. I'm curious to see how it ends, because what if stories in one of two ways, um, with Uatu being like, you know, things happen, but fate has its way, so basically things get back to normal in the long run, mm-hmm. or everything's changed, everybody's dead, this is grim and dark, <laughs> yes. the world is ending, and I'm kind of <laughs> curious to see which way we're going to go. So. I know, for sure. Yeah. Next up, let's talk about champions. Ooh, okay. I got... <laughs> this peach momoko cover oh whoa what a great sam yeah i love it so <laughs> uh written by danny lore drawn by luciano vecchio uh colored by federico blee and lettered by clayton cowles so the champions continue their infiltration of roxon and kamala gets drawn in basically against her will 
<laughs> which yeah. is pretty sad. Um, but I thought this was a really good book in that it featured every character yeah. and did a really good job of doing something. Probably Ironheart is the one that was shorted the most. She didn't really True. do much. But she did have some good like uh, exposition and stuff like that. So, But yeah, basically they're trying to figure out what's going on with Roxxon and what they discover is there's a group of robots that are being built called chaperone models. And instead of having uh, the cradle guys managing them, they're like, robots are infallible. I'm like, yeah, robots have never gone wrong. Sentinels. Ultron they're making sentinels. <laughs> like, they're yeah, fucking exactly. making sentinels. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, And then Viv Vision is basically breaking in to find out what's going on. And we're left off with a climactic moment where she might have been caught. She might not. We're not sure. So, um. But yeah, I'm I'm loving this book. I love Champions. It's so much fun. I, I mean, I've been loving Champions from like from the get go. But I I love seeing like are these like being caught up with like how do these kids actually interact with each other just when they're with each other and not necessarily like having one of the big three around them so they can actually like be more adult than they need to be. No, in this case, like I you're right. Like maybe Riri didn't have like as much like, exposition as as the rest of them, but it almost like. I don't say it made sense, but I feel like she was just like more in her head. Like even Viv calls her out. I was like, Hey, you were kind of quiet back there. What happened? And then she's about to say something. What was really in her mind. And maybe you kind of get the plot going. And then it's like, Oh shit. Like time's up. We got to fucking go. But, but you're right. Like everybody had a moment in, in this book, in this issue. The one thing is, I mean, I know champions was a really big group for a while. Oh yeah. Um, I would kind of like to see a few more characters come back, yeah. at least make a couple appearances. Some swaps, We've yeah. We've seen a couple, you know, like little bits, but maybe one or two more members, maybe. Of maybe those like C, D, <laughs> E list uh, up and comers? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, uh, is what's uh, the Wasp? Nadia? She was one. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. Like, that'd be fun to have her back because the size changing. That's fun. Mm. And then like, I don't know. What a great infiltrator right now for Roxxon, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, all right. So let's move on and talk about Thor number 15. Ooh, baby. So this is the start of a new arc. A three-parter. It really felt like it. Yeah. Written by Donnie Cates. Guest artist is Michelle Bandini, who did a wonderful job, by the way. You know what? I did like it, too. Yeah. Guest thinking by Michelle Bandini and Elizabeth D'Amico. Color by Matt Wilson and letter by Joe Sabino. So evil Donald Blake has been captured and is now trapped underneath the poisonous fangs of a snake and is becoming the God of lies and Loki got away with it. He's the best. (laughs) So, um, basically like Thor is having a hard time and I think it shows a really cool way of how Thor and Loki's relationship have changed right off the bat. We talked about this. Um, Thor is having trouble reaching Mjolnir or picking up Mjolnir. And then at one point he picks it up and it lands on his chest and he can't get up because it's too heavy. And Loki comes in and good God, the old Loki, if he walked in on this scene, would have walked right out. Tortured Thor. He would have walked right or or walked away and be like, sucks to suck, dude. You know, he would have called everybody in there to laugh at him. Yeah. That's what Loki would have done. And then danced around him and sang a song. (laughs) But instead he just lifts it off him. Like, here, take my hand. He helps him up and he's just like, like Loki's a good guy, guys. Yes. <laughs> and like, by the way, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I, exactly. After the Loki show ended, everybody's like, "Oh God, they they made him a hero." Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's a deity. He's a fucking god. He doesn't have to pick a side. He just do whatever he wants. Yeah. Also, uh, so we cut to Midgard and we get this 
amazing two page spread. Dude, I had to like fl- like unlock my fucking. I was, took so much time digging in. Yeah, I had to like flip mine so I can scope it out because it was a great two page. It was a great spread. Yeah, and just really a lot of fun. I love the the She Hulk in the foreground looked great. Actually, the great contrast of She Hulk on this side and Robbie Reyes on that side. Like looking opposite directions. What made I it really enjoyed? What that. made it for me is that you never get to see like yeah, sure it's raining, but you never get to see it like on the surface scale. Once it starts like hitting the bodies for a second, I thought I was like, wait, what's this cosmic shit around them? But it's like, oh no, it's literally the water just like trickling and bouncing yeah. off of them. It looks really good. It's so dope. And I think Iron Man looks really good in this shot. Oh, for sure. I don't know what it is. It just looks so great. For a second, like, I, threw, I thought you threw on an old suit for a second, but I was actually really digging it. Yeah. So they're fighting all these robots, and they're like. The, this fight's really hard and then they're like you want to have a hell mary and they say hail and then <laughs> thor teleports down he's like hey cap i need to speak to with you and they're like we're fighting he's like oh and he just basically summons lightning and kills everything everything <laughs> he's like all right can we talk now <laughs> like, and i'm like yeah that's it's cool to show that that's how his power level has changed basically. yes and he wants to talk to captain america and he involuntarily attacks captain america with mjolnir and he's like mjolnir has a mind of his own then we find out what this arc is going to be about. Basically, Mjolnir is supposed to be the hammer for the warrior, the head warrior of Asgard. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm no longer that. I'm the king. Yeah. I can't be that anymore. He's like, I'm afraid I can no longer be Asgard's hammer. And he leaves the hammer behind. He just leaves it there in, inside, inside like the, what, the heart of a, of a celestial? <laughs> yeah. So... Do you think, because I don't think that, okay, we're going to go into theory time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have one issue of better Ray Bill left and I don't think he's taking Surtur's sword. <laughs> it would be done in case to be like, yeah, I want to write a Thor book, but I don't really want to write a Thor book. I want to write a better Ray Bill book. <laughs> yeah. Can I lead up to that? <laughs> he's already the head of the armies of Asgard. He is. You're right. He is it's like the, literally the description of the job. He just doesn't have the hammer. And the one thing he needs is the hammer so he can transform. That's the whole purpose of this miniseries. He is the, the masters of war, right? You're so, oh my God. Yes, please, <laughs> please. For the love of God. Yeah. They could also do, um, uh, they could also do like another lady Thor. Yeah. Uh, because the movie's coming up. That's true. You know, but I'd rather be better Ray Bill. Oh, absolutely. Let him be the Thor. Yes. You know, absolutely. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, oh, and also I completely forgot to shout this out, but at the feast. Throg. Yes. Who was also in Loki. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Love it. So, yeah. But yeah, that's my theory. That would be a great one. Uh, Yeah, you're right. He did leave the hammer behind. It's coordinated awfully close. Mm -hmm. Like better Ray Bill's ending. This is only a three part series or a three part story. Yeah. I, honestly, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. And then what? The cover for the next one is him going to that bar where Odin is just like pissing his life away. Fight. Yeah, yeah, and where Battery Bill was just at. So it's kind of like, yep. yeah, these little these these uh, pass crossing. For Bill. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh, he's so All right, guys. That takes us to our X books of the week. Yes. 
And we are starting yeah, with very the Way of X number four. Oh, man. Okay, Way of X. I know you're always intrigued with the order I do. Yeah, this. no, I, I do. I mean, I read, I read them with like how they how they line them up at the end, but I'm always intrigued on how you're going to go about it. I was expecting Excalibur in the end, because, uh, yeah, Excalibur yeah, and Way of a, X. That's a strong suspicion on your part. <laughs> <laughs> Excalibur and Way of X, and this Way of X book, like, they just, there was just so much in these books, and in the best way. There were just great yeah. issues. And we'll talk about YX Corp second in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Wave X, written by Cy Spurrier, drawn by Bob Quinn, colored by Hava Tartelia, and letter by Clayton Cowles. So, Nightcrawler continues his attempt to find knowledge, attempt to find meaning in mutant existence. Mm-hmm. And also, at the same time, try to discover what's going on with Onslaught. Like, why is Onslaught trying to take over stuff? So, we get... Uh, as custom with Way of X, an incredible cameo by one Dust. Oh my god, Soraya yes. is the best. Soraya is the coolest. I 100% agree with the tweet you sent out earlier that she should be on the X-Men. Oh god. Like, maybe she can go back to the champions. Oh my god, it. please. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, basically she has this really cool moment. Um and this story kind of gets broken down into two th- or two or three little stories. Yeah. The first one is Nightcrawler dealing with Fabian Cortez. Because Fabian Cortez is, remember kids, a piece of shit. He's an <laughs> the asshole. The worst person in comic books. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember Trick or Keaton earlier? That guy's nothing on Fabian Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally see the new Gorgon. Which, I didn't want to see him like this. It was like, I mean, like... I wanted to see him, but it was just like, this is how you're going to drop him after so after 10 of swords. This is the first time we see him again. So he's basically a little child version of himself yeah. in his head, but he's in the full adult body. And he has to deal with the fact that he can't see because he's Gorgon. And he, you know, and then Fabian Cortez being the piece of shit he is. Mm-hmm is amplifying all the hatred people have for him so he feels it and i fucking hate a- a- fabian cortez he's the worst this is gorgon who was glad you got fired you piece of shit <laughs> oh my god yes this is gorgon who started as a villain was a villain was a very menacing villain and in this case he's like literally not crawling away but like and he's on all fours like in pain or like not really because like, he's trying to like block away the hate and he's literally yeah. saying stop please stop I don't want to hurt you. And it's like, who the fuck is this Gorgon? Like, yes. Like, I mean, I've been this Gorgon, like even like before he died, like he was, he was already a changed, like badass character. And now he's yeah. just like really trying. Yeah. So that's the one thing going on. And we'll, we'll wrap up this story actually, before we move on, before so we move on, I, I still want to talk about Cortez and this info page, the one, fuck, can't even see it, but the one that's talking, the, the Dr. Nemesis one. Yes. With all the redactions. Yeah. At first I was having fun with it. I was like, all right, this redaction has to be, either asshole or mutant because i like dick <laughs> i was tasked by nightcrawler to perform a field analysis on a notorious coin asshole or mutant <laughs> during the exchange uh among one fabian cortez the aforementioned asshole and a grabbing manipulator known as lost right and then fabian is a male asshole in a good <laughs> psycho condition and at this point i was like okay maybe it was maybe it was mutant but then later on in this, and there's a passage where the word mutant isn't redacted. So it's, it can't be that one. <laughs> so it just, I'm pretty sure it's like asshole or dick. It's asshole or dick. Cause, cause at the end, the last line. sometimes an asshole is just an asshole or it could be dick because it's not a <laughs> N. So it's not, it's not, so it's not, yeah. yeah a dick is a well, dick. Plus it's, it's kind of like short, like the size of it. I'm yeah. It's like a four letter word. So but it's so great. 
Or actually, oh man, I bet it's the C word. <laughs> oh, because of I Nemesis. I didn't see Nemesis saying that. So. You know, okay, I missed the middle one. Uh, his bachelor brand of unearned entitlement would tend to mark him as a dick or an asshole <laughs> of a rare privilege in uh, sapient circles. <laughs> God, I hate this guy. So it's it's great. So, um, so yeah, the the Nightcrawler thing basically, Fabian's like, what are you gonna do? You can kill Gorgon. Basically, he, he takes the mask off. He's like, you can kill Gorgon. And that would prevent him from um, from turning all these people to stone. Yeah, he's like, or you could uh, you could stop me, and then he turns all these people to stone. Or you could just jump in front of him, turn yourself to stone, sacrifice yourself, and those people get away. And it's cool because it's like he does this philosophical thing, which is what Nightcrawler's been dealing with this entire yeah. time is all these philosophical ideas. He even twists the knife with them. I mean, like, and we all know, basically we all know what suicide means for your religion. Right. And it was like, God yeah, damn. And so he, he's basically like this. And then Nightcrawler is like, there's always another way you inexcusable little worm, which I loved. <laughs> and he basically teleports himself and falls and slips in ice cream. And Gorgon starts laughing <laughs> and everybody else starts laughing, so he's able to relax and put his mask back on, and, which is a great move. I love Nightcrawler finding a clever way to get around this. And then Gorgon is literally handing out ice cream to the kids. It's like, oh, yes. Yeah, it's just so great. And then Nightcrawler beats the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, your ass is going to the... Oh, no, your ass is not going to the council. You're right. <laughs> yeah, basically we find out that Fabian killed Lost's family. Yeah. And he's going to make her come, make them come face-to-face with each other to resolve it. Now, back to the other story. Mm-hmm. This is the interesting one. Oh, man. So, Legion and the Zorns, because, of course, they're all working together. And I love that they're just hovering behind them at all times. And they, oh, God. Like some heavies. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they go to meet at the Green Lagoon. And first of all, Josue. Yep. They're still sitting together. They're still sitting together now. <laughs> I'm shipping it. Dr. Nemesis with Dazzler. Let's do this. Um, and then we see others there, including DJ. Woo, DJ. Uh, Blink. Loa and Pixie yeah. all drinking together. That was a great that was a great table. I want to be part of that table. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very happy to see Blink for the record. Yeah, me too. Because I love Blink. And, and, and she's and like a use her more. And she should be she in should Sword. Be a fucking X-Men. That's true. So. But she's like a sub a sub part of Sword, right? Under yeah. yeah. She's one of the, the teleporter. Yeah. But yeah. I like to see her do things, you know. Yeah. So basically it's Legion meeting with Xavier and they're talking and they just have like this father-son conversation. And Xavier's like, you know, I detected something. And he's like, yeah, I know. Don't worry about it. I got to handle that, basically. He's like, I, I, I don't trust you in this. And then you slowly see, start seeing everybody else in the Green Lagoon slowly turning towards them. Mm-hmm. And they all have red glowing eyes. And Legion's like, look, I got to go. Thanks for this. And then Xavier's like, you know, can't you trust me? He's like, tell me, give me a name or so help me. I'll take it myself. And then boom. Awesome yeah. two-page spread. On no, it's, it's not just like that. Xavier literally goes like, you know what? Fuck you. I want to know, and you're going to tell me by probing your mind. And then, yeah, backfired. Backfired big and time. Then, and then all the other mutants start attacking each other. Yeah. Us. Like Pixie's attacking Loa and stuff. It's not like they're jumping him. Yeah, yeah. And I love Legion being like, oh, bugger. Like, lads all together now. And the Zorns basically eradicate everybody Everyone. in the game. Again. And he's like, well, better resurrect them all like basically <laughs> like and so yeah he just wiped out xavier that's like crazy and like a bunch of other people so he's trying to keep it underground that he's that he's after onslaught basically yeah 
Because he doesn't want Onslaught to Well, even still, like, everybody calms down and everybody in the Green Lagoon is freaking out. It's like, yo, what the fuck just happened? And then you throw a word like Onslaught out and everybody's going to freak out all over again. So it's like, yeah, I, yeah. I can see why. So, and then we see Legion basically being like, we need somewhere, we need a sanctuary where the devil can't whisper in the ears. We oh, my God. sacred refuge <laughs> temple. So cool book i love this one it's so cool what he did um no i fucking love the part of him explaining the zorns because we were wondering it's like yo why the fuck are the zorns just like hovering around and like xavier finally asked like yo yeah are you taking are you teaching him some sort of calming uh meditations like no professor uh we're ready to vaporize david's brain if he loses control at his request and xavier's face is just like huh and legion (laughs) fucking legion i rule me whatever the cost Dude, what a badass. <laughs> totally. It's so good. So uh, that leads us to X Corp. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, so we'll just get the creative team out of the way. Uh, the first of two X books by Teeny Howard this Yeah. Um, drawn by Valentine Delandro, colored by Sonny Go, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. This is the Madrox book. There are other things that happen besides Madrox. They don't matter. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, they matter. Yeah. They matter. But basically, Angel, Trinary, Monet, and Wind Dancer are at a tech conference. Mm-hmm. And they're going to announce their new project. And they have to go to all these panels and stuff. And it's there's so many great little like digs about oh, yeah. these panels that I love. Um, meanwhile, Madrox, it goes into very deep descriptions of how Madrox works, how he creates all the duplicates they study for a week and then he absorbs them all and then he has all their intelligence then he splits again next week and he even whittles them down as for like the not the not top performers he literally whittles whittles them down (laughs) which is great because when we read x factor the the x factor investigations run Mm -hmm. you'll find out that some of them are kind of worthless so he (laughs) like they all have a little bit of a personality and some of them are just garbage i did like one of the notes where it's just like um no more like i forgot or some shit like that (laughs) yeah it's like it's just fun dude like and i like that they could have they make a note that like they could have different allergies even though they're the same body and stuff like that yeah kind of cool so but basically monet confronts the woman from the hellfire gala and that woman uses a psychic blocker which turns monet into penance and she basically threatens to kill the lady and the lady jabs something in Monet's neck and Monet goes crazy and launches off into the sky. Um, presumably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Warren is announcing their new project and it's supposed to be launching and it doesn't. Something went wrong on the Madrox end. So on the Madrox end, let's get into that. Oh man. Yeah. So we see our first appearance of Layla Miller. Yeah. Since uh, Krakoa. And her and Jamie are still together, and they have a little baby boy, mm-hmm. which is really sweet. I'm happy they do because there's a thing in X Factor that where there's something where you think he might not be able to have children. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, um, long, yeah. Long story short, you'll, it'll come up. Um, he, they think he impregnated somebody, but it turns out the baby is actually a baby dupe of him. What? And when he absorbs the dupe, he absorbs the baby. Oh shit! And it was really sad and fucked up. It oh, was man. very Peter David, though. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like—is it whenever he makes a baby, is he kind of make a dupe instead? Yeah. And there's this whole thing about. Oh it. Oh my so, god. Yeah, it's really dark. But basically, he's working, and 
uh, Layla's like, hey, our baby, our son's about to have his first steps. And she's like, I feel like it's going to happen, which is great because her whole bit is she can see the future. That's true. Yeah. So she's like, I think it's going to happen today at three. Be home. And he's just like, oh, no, I can't trust a, a dupe to do this job. Yeah. This job is too important. So he sends a dupe to witness the kid walk. Because that's less important, which is really sad. Uh, yeah, I mean, he would absorb it, so it'll be just as important. But yeah, yeah, no, right, I, I, yeah, right, I know, yeah, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. So, so he tells him, make sure, basically, make sure to come back so I can absorb you and, and witness it. Because he even says it's fucking important that you come back. Yeah, exactly. So then something goes wrong with the machine. They have to vent. They have to manually vent all this energy, which is going to eradicate whoever does it. He's like, whoever's closest, go. And this dupe is like, oh, I'll go. Literally, he's he coming back through the it. gate. <laughs> Yeah, he goes, he does it, is vaporized, and now Jamie will never have the memory of his son walking. Uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. And he's like, ashamed to lose the data. Like, something's going on with Jamie's head, and I don't like it. Well, it's just, I, I think he he was referring to that, like losing the memory of the yeah, sun walking as, kind of, well, as a data. The whole situation, like, I'll send a dupe. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He was never really like that back in the day. And mm. I'm thinking, like, uh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I think the constantly splitting into dupes and then reabsorbing every week is probably messing with his head. Like straining he as hell? His head when he does it, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then basically something happens that causes the launch to fail. We don't know what yet. So oh, yeah. I'm loving this book. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's like, definitely it's, tearing around on me for sure. It's a like a business espionage thing. Going, <laughs> yeah. But with mutants, which is really fun. The, the, and we get a really cool uh, backup story in the end, too. Oh, so. God, yeah. That was so fun to follow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's clobbering time for you. <laughs> so. uh, no, the, the two things that were weird for me is like, yeah, when, when Monet went down through that injection, like she literally kind of collapsed, almost like passing out. But then we see like the room where she was supposed to be in and she flies away. It's like it's but like the roof is caved inwards, in. not outwards, I which is the same thought. Which is weird. And then the the other thing that was also very weird is just like this must have been the day after the gala because Angel did not change. He just put on an undershirt and just rocked the same blue uh, blazer and white pants. <laughs> that sounds like Warren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that brings us to our final book of the week, which predictably is Excalibur number 22. <laughs> uh, written by Teeny Howard, drawn by Marcus Toe. Colored by Eric Arcianega and letter by Ariana Mayer. I don't even have to look at this creative team anymore. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, and this is dealing further with the fact that the X-Men are no longer allowed in England. England oh, has God, now yes. cut off mutants. And it's also dealing with the other world and Saturnine. So it's kind of juggling, juggling a couple different things. Um, so we'll talk about the other world stuff first. Uh, Saturnine, they're trying to figure out what's going on with Merlin. Uh, what? Why is he taking such a turn for basic, seemingly the evil, basically? And uh, they infiltrate the main four of them: uh, Richter, Jubilee, Gambit, and uh, Psylocke. All infiltrate Merlin's tower. They get caught. They get their way out. Uh, Richter is so badass now. Oh my god! Yes, like the move, the like movie just- pulls. <laughs> Like when he just elevators them to the ground, I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude, dude. so cool!" He's like, "Fuck this!" And we're we're all getting the fuck out. I don't know why I didn't do this before. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna bug out. Like, <laughs> no, so. say, this like, again, like this book and Way of X just like offered, just dumped so much great shit. Yeah, it's great. So it looks like the conflict's gonna be with Merlin for now, which is really cool. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed that, but, but oh, the big way, the main story for me. <laughs> I figured. Wisdom. Yeah, I love Pete Wisdom. He's one of my favorite characters. He's just a piece of shit former spy 
he's just great and he doesn't want to live on Krakoa. He he's from England. He's supposed to be in England. That's his whole thing. He never moved to Krakoa even after it happened. He's like, "No, I'm from England." And I serve queen and country and he's the most patriotic person ever. You just won't ever know it. Mm. And he has massive connections to Camelot and Avalon, like all that stuff. Well, because of this takeover, first of all, he was sacrificed. Yeah. He did not take that well. Morgan Le Fay released. When they brought him back, they told him and he, he realizes he can't go home basically. Mm -hmm. And there's a sad shot where he's just sitting on the, the beach of Braddock Island looking at the coast. Oh, I know. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and just, he's so depressed and he just doesn't know what to do with himself. He's just fucking lost basically. And that's his whole story throughout this, this issue, which I thought was really good. Um, and then Pete comes up with a plan. He talks to the five and it's great. He's, uh, egg is just like, I still love his egg by the way. (laughs) Cause Yeah. We used to call him something else. <laughs> it was not a good name. <laughs> it was a bad name. It was a terrible name, but I love it. So he's like, hey, there there they are, the four you asked for. He's like, no one even thought they were mutants, but yeah, we looked through Cerebro. You're right. <laughs> Backed up, and they brought him back. And who is it? It's Strike. Strike is kind of like a shield for England. Okay. And when Betsy Braddock was originally introduced, she was a member of Strike. Okay. Because they're all low-level psychics, basically. So, mm. um, so they're back, and they're probably going to be involved in this whole story of trying to get, you know, trying to get England freed from what's holding it in tyranny and stuff. And I really like this idea. I think yeah. it's a great idea. So, I mean, it's a cool way to just like bring in new characters that you weren't even sure that they were mutants, unless like you were theorizing it way back when. But like to just like now get that confirmation here is pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's really cool. So. And then we're also left with a uh, big reveal at the end, which I thought was really cool. Oh, where Merlin has a guy in a cage. Yeah. And this felt vaguely familiar to another book that we read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a guy in a cage and he pokes him in the head. He's like, I am Merlin. Do you remember now? Yes. Then remember who you are. I, I am Arthur. Yeah. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Love it. No, this is a great issue to me. The winner of this book, I, Besides, like Richter pulling out that, that cool move, like that one giant cool move was a dude that pulled that pulled three cool ass moves, and that was Gambit. Yeah, <laughs> when Gambit blocked the bullet by sl- by bitch slapping it to the ground and making it explode, awesome, fucking awesome to react to like the the reaction skills of, of like of that. And then what was it? Oh, when they couldn't get through the fucking door, and he pulls out not just his stylized card to throw, but a tarot card. <laughs> A fucking tarot card to trick his his uh, his pa- mutant power along with its magic imbued into it to actually unlock this unlockable door. Fucking awesome. He needs an actual tarot deck to just pull off crazy shit like this. I would That's absolutely... exactly what I was thinking. Why didn't he have a tarot deck before? Why is this the first time we had this idea? It was su- it's such a great fucking idea. And especially because so you can just like go crazy with it depending on the cards. And then the last cool move is like once Richter pulls his move, of course he had to one-up him and just like make train go <laughs> that was he awesome just blew up the back end of the train <laughs> and everybody's just like smiling for this ride is I, I love that panel <laughs> yeah no great issue uh, i definitely think excalibur needs to recruit because there's only four of them left yeah so maybe we'll see rachel i would love it yeah i she would love it in perfectly and i think wisdom might actually become a full-on member oh that'd be cool so but yeah 
I'm really digging it. And I just, oh God, I love X-Men. They're so great. It's just it's <laughs> so, so good. good lately, guys. Read it. It's so Please good. read the Xbox if you're not. They're amazing. Yeah, it's your fault we lost X-Factor. Um, <laughs> so, which is interesting, by the way, because the writer of X-Factor, Leah Williams, is one of the guests on the X-Men panel at Comic-Con, by the way. Oh, man. Okay. She's going to do Trial of Magneto. Yeah. But mm, I think we might have a little more coming again. I, I have my theories. That's what I'm saying. Like so. for her, for, with her caliber, she should be rocking two books. The way Teeny is the way, like, was it Percy or no? Guggen is Dugan. Dugan. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Yeah. So. Or Vita with, uh, she had, uh, they had two books. Yeah. They had, uh, children of the atom and new mutants. New mutants. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Of course, Children Adam is a mini and almost done. Unfortunately. True, but so, still, two two X books and Leah. How how could <laughs> she not have two books? <laughs> I know it's great. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on We Have Issues. That is the books that we read this week. Uh, next week, we'll be back with you uh, all about the next week of uh, the books from next week. Yes, I haven't looked yet, but I'm worried, Hostway. Why? Because these last two weeks have been pretty small. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have. And I feel like it's building up. Like there's a kink <laughs> in the pipe somewhere. <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, but once again, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at We Have Issues for the show. You can follow, or no, excuse me, at WHI Podcast <laughs> for the show. Don't go to that other one. I don't know what that is, and I can't be responsible for what you see. Um, follow, yeah, WHI Podcast for the show. Follow me at WHI Podcast Keith, our producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz, and follow Josue at Josue Reads Josue. Uh, you can also follow us on our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, where we put together a playlist every week. Our last one was Guitar Hero Rock Band Songs, yeah. which was a lot of fun. And we were joined by our fellow Geek Elite member, Jessica, for that. And it was really great. Yeah. Our next one is going to be uh, what I've termed a vulgar display of lyrics, <laughs> which is the most vulgar songs that you can imagine. And we'll be joined by John Camarena for that one. Nice. Um, we have some more categories coming up, so look for that announcement soon as well. Uh, and then, of course, follow us on our third show, hosted by our good friend Crozen at Crozen underscore underscore. And that show is called Podcast Ultra, where we discuss comic books and what we... I mean, not comic books. <laughs> it's, been <laughs> it's been a long night, guys. Uh, where we discuss video games yes. and other games, tabletop, everything you might want to uh, play, at Ultra underscore pod for that one. And you can follow everything that me and Hosway do at Geek Elite Media or GeekEliteMedia.com. Uh, so, wrapping up, Hosway, you got anything for us to finish off with? Um, oh, I read Monsters by um, Barry oh, Winter Smith. One. Barry Winter Smith. Yeah, yeah. And it is fucking incredible. Really, yeah. really good. Um, I'm going to make it a tradition to really try to like break it down. I read it in one sitting back. I mean, last time uh, I didn't get to talk about it last week, but uh, I read it in 4th of July just because it was more appropriate. I'm definitely going to make it a tradition to split it three ways throughout the year for um, a memorial for the July and um, Veterans Day uh, type of type of read because it's just like it's it's heavy. It's, it's really it's fucking heavy with like the the product with like the themes and the topics that it touches on. And you, you look at the cover and you're like, oh shit! And I, I I alluded to it before where it's like this like long lost like Hulk book. So you figure like the the person through the experiment is the monster, the title of monsters, but it's literally everything and everyone around this like. T- like titular character and it's just like fuck, 
people are just such pieces of shit. And it's like, but still <laughs> such a great, great, great book. And for like a giant, gi- a giant ass hardcover like that, it's only 40 bucks. I was expecting like a $60, $70 price tag for somebody who hasn't made comics in a while, a bit, but it's a big name. I relatively cheap. I highly recommend this book. Nice. Well, guys, uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Samurai Comics, by the way. This weekend, they're having a buck a book sale. Oh, nice. Everything on the wall, every back issue comic, except for like the really expensive ones, uh-huh. are a dollar each. Wow. So I'm going to go drop a lot of money. <laughs> and also, the new Magic the Gathering set drops this weekend, so I'm going to be purchasing Ooh, that too. Nice. So maybe I'll do a live uh, unboxing, like opening the packs and stuff. Oh, nice. That'd be fun. So well, thanks so much for joining us. We always appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. And don't forget to geek out.